All right. Welcome to episode 236 of the Next Slug or an open podcast slash slug that meets at 9 p.m. Eastern every first and third Friday of the month using Mumble. We encourage anyone listening to join us and participate on the podcast. Check out linuxslugcast.com for the survey details. If you have any questions, comments, or topics that you can discuss and are unable to join us live during the show, you can send us an email at feedback at linuxslugcast.com. We have a loving community where we post things that uh, we find of interest. Uh, we do a video version of this podcast, which is posted on to YouTube and PeerTube. Links to all of that is in the show notes. Or again, just check out LinuxLogcast.com for the links. I'm your host for this evening, Honky Magoo. With us tonight is Eric. Yes, sir. Joe. Working on headphones. No way. Sit <laughs> down. For a change, everyone. Lugbot? Women are like parking spaces if all the good ones are taken. Sometimes you have to put it in a handicapped one. Oh my Uh, god. (laughs) Well, at least we're starting off on the right foot. (laughs) Check, please. Right? Danny, how do, you to that? <laughs> how do you how do you move forward after that? Uh, I'm here. I just ate a block of cheese for dinner. Wordency. <laughs> Hello, Netminer. Netminer is here, but he's muted at the moment. He is muted. I see that. And Scotty. Scotty here. Yes, yeah, thanks are. for joining us, Scotty. Yeah. Good to have you on. Nice to have some new blood. Yeah, we see you in Matrix. This is this is Netminer, by the way. I have been listening to some other stuff, so I haven't wanted to pollute the recording. YouTube? Yeah, some YouTube. Uh so that's why I mute myself so that I don't um cause strikes on the, on YouTube with those of us who are going to transliterate this to you. Yeah, they're very picky, as we yep. have discovered in the past. Well, no, no, the the uh, the pre-show goes on to the the YouTube, right? No. Yeah. No. So any of that discussion beforehand isn't going to make it on, so we won't get any takedown notices. Right. For those who don't know, we talked about uh, the uh, big C word. Right. Well, we talked we talked about a drug involved with the big C word, and mm-hmm. apparently, uh, because of our comments about the drug that you take with the with the big C, uh, we got taken. The video got taken down off of YouTube, uh, and they rejected our appeal on everything. Yeah, and they, they rejected and our appeal. You can't Cut. forget we talked about the other big C word. Well, that was earlier. Oh, well. <laughs> and that doesn't make it on the YouTube. Yeah, that's not a. Oh, and also. You know, y'all were talking about uh, Joe Raz had to go to some kind of sensitivity training. YouTube mm-hmm. wanted me to do that, to go through some kind of training, online training, so I could get the video back up. And it's like, I didn't no, do anything I'm wrong. I'm not I'm doing like that. like you're paying me to do this. Yeah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> what, did, did YouTube HR give you a call? Like, <laughs> no, it was some kind of – they sent me a link to uh, – I don't even know. It was it was like some kind of uh, training, and then you have to take a quiz afterwards to make sure you learn what oh they told goodness. you and stuff. And I was like, no, this I'm is good. what we get for letting lawyers run the world. Yeah. So. 
<laughs> I just remembered that when you had talked about the Joe Rez deal. That's, that is a cover-your-ass thing if I've ever heard it. So, can I ask Scotty what he has been up Scotty to? Scotty doesn't know. Tech-wise? Like, like nice! He's, he's new on the show. Excellent reference. Joe, mm-hmm. I'm so proud of you. I don't get uh. it. Scotty doesn't know. Scotty doesn't know. Lustro, Scotty doesn't know. It was what, the National Lampoon's European trip or something like that? Your yeah. Euro trip, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh. I'm, I'm sure I've seen it. My mind Just look up Lustro, Scotty doesn't know. I haven't heard, I haven't even heard, thought of that in 15 of that. years. I love that song. It's on my playlist. <laughs> That's a song? It is yeah. a song, yeah. It's a song from the movie, yeah, where the joke being that she's getting she's cheating on him and he doesn't with, with, know. With the lead singer in a band. <laughs> and the and so the band's song that they play when they go on stage is Scotty doesn't know. <laughs> At his graduation party. At Scotty's graduation party. Uh <laughs> well, you know, National Lampoon kills me. There's sometimes they put out just genius movies and I'm like, where did this come from? Because usually it's pretty cringy, but yeah, that one was was up there with Van Wilder, in, in my opinion. <clears throat> and Christmas Vacation. Yeah. So, uh, Scotty, have you been working on anything? Are you involved in any projects currently or in the past you might want to talk about? Kind of. There's a couple of things that uh, got brought up on a few of the previous episodes of Lugcast that I wanted to touch on really quickly, if you guys don't mind. Do not mind. Absolutely. Sure. Well, one of the things you guys brought up is one of my favorite Markdown editors, uh, Joplin. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, you got in uh, the last show, the previous show. I believe you guys were talking about it. Mm-hmm. A couple shows back, we yeah. started talking about it, but we've been talking about it almost nonstop since. Okay. <laughs> so you guys were talking about, um, is there a way to have encrypted notes in Joplin where some would, would be encrypted, but not the entire uh, batch of notes? And I posted an idea about it in the chat, and I didn't know if anyone had ever attempted it. I haven't tried that, but I saw it. Go ahead, Ed. So I was just going to say, so specifically, the encryption part is, so you're getting an, an encryption uh, for for the syncing, but I think this was maybe Joe's requirement where yeah. he wanted a double touch on a password. So he wanted to be to have to authenticate to see specific, specific notes. notes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, no. So, that, yeah. that well, what were you saying? Didn't you say you can make two profiles, though, uh, Scotty? One for what you want to encrypt and one for what you don't? Correct. Yes, you can have your uh, your more secure notes in a separate uh, profile, which can be encrypted. And yeah. hmm. gotcha. That kind of worked the same way, wouldn't it? Essentially, I, I think so. The, the problem would then be um, timeouts, because if I walk away, I want it to you know lock yeah. back up again things like that you know what occurred to me joe and i i don't disagree because for the longest time up until very recently i i liked that double approach where not only the operating system or the device had you know physical had a thor- uh, authentication but then certain apps as well so even if someone got into my device somehow uh, but it started to occur to me that like the likelihood that someone was going to actually get onto my device, considering that it locks pretty much immediately, requires you know a passcode. Like I would agree with you if I only had one device in one location. Don't. Well, all of my devices do that, though. 
like my computer, if I walk away, it locks. If my phone, you know, I'm not using it, or if I hit the power button, it locks immediately. My only point being, I went through this with Bitwarden, where it would lock every, like, literally right away. Mm-hmm. And one day I was like, I kept doing something on my phone, trying to do, like, get something done. And I had to keep reauthenticating to Bitwarden over and over and over again. And, it, and after, like, the fifth time, I was like, why am I doing this? Like, it's not, nobody has access to this device except for me. And it doesn't need to lock so quickly. Like, even if it locked after 10 minutes or, or five minutes or, you know, something not right away, like right. that would be much more convenient. And also something like that, um, and this is a different use case, but it doesn't work to autofill as well whenever it has to, uh, you have to unlock it all the time. So, um, what I would love is actually if it had like an activity timer where yeah. if I didn't do anything on the phone for five minutes or two minutes or whatever, then it just locked not only the phone itself, but the, you know, the apps. So that would be great. And I don't know if anybody does anything like that, but feeling well, that. Yeah. On my phone, I have noticed with um, Joplin that if I disconnect from Dex and then reconnect to Dex, it will require me to put in the password again. Okay. That's okay. So from from the way you're using it with the phone, the data is not on the device. It's it's stored on a server, and you're just accessing the data through Joplin. Well, technically, um, it would be on the device. It just be backed up to the server. It's okay. Nextcloud. So Nextcloud is keeping a copy of wherever my Joplin is through the the web dev. Okay, because what I was confused about is I thought you were authenticating to through uh, like transit or whatever, rather than just on device, because if it's on device, then the, you know, you're not actually authenticating, you're just using the key to uh, decrypt and and access the 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 data. Hmm. Yeah, well, you know, what's interesting. Scotty, is that like most, and this is Joe's point too, a lot of the other note-taking apps uh, provide this specific capability where, and and actually I mentioned it, but Bitwarden does the same thing. You can mark an entry or a note as being sensitive enough that for it to be viewed, even if I'm logged into my OS and I have the app open and I can get to other notes to get to this specific note, when I click it, it's going to prompt me for some sort of authentication, whatever I have set up, whether it's a passcode or some sort of, you know, bio authentication or something. Let, let me let me pose an example here. Um, I also keep my recipes on Joplin, on whatever note-taking tool I'm using, which is currently Joplin. So if I wanted to share a recipe with someone via my device, they could cl- then click into other things that I really don't want them reading. Like, like you don't want your passwords exposed or stuff. I like do that. have, um, like some of the Docker commands specifically had my uh, PIA username and password in there. Yeah. So yes, that's in there. In your diary about and my journal. Yes, stuff. very much so. My journal. I don't want you reading my journal when you come by. <laughs> I already read it too late. Mm. Well, when we were docking. <laughs> <laughs> Right, we were so, playing swords. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I distracted you with my sheath and uh, <laughs> read your journal. Swords. 
So with, with that, I understand when you're using it that way, but if you're exporting a note out of Joplin to someone, or you're saying you're just handing an unlocked device over to someone, is that what I'm hearing? Yes. That that I uh, that I would ask that you not do because it sounds <laughs> well, like you're just <laughs> you know it's my like, wife, hey, my here's kids, roots. have fun. My wife, my kids. Oh right, right. I got you. Well, even them, I don't trust my wife. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, <laughs> she, my wife, I can trust. I, I, I can trust her enough to be able to like send her something, and she'd be she'd be able to open the recipe and actually, you know, read it. But if I send it to my kids, they just leave it unopened. So look at this recipe. Okay, so your wife doesn't do the thing because because this is the strange thing. My wife does this thing where I can hand her an unlocked phone, and all of a sudden it will just you know reset the factory and i'll ask her what happened and she goes i don't know i I didn't do anything you know so that's why i wouldn't do it okay you know it was really frustrating for a while android devices i don't know if they still do but they would come set to if you forget passcode 10 times in a row it would wipe (laughs) well that's what happened with my iphone my my daughter when she was a little kid would take my wife's phone and play with it. And apparently one day she did that. And my wife was like, what the hell happened to my phone? She brought it to me and I'm like, I don't know. It wants you to sign in and set it up. Like what happened? She's like, I have no idea. So I figured out that, yeah, Samsung, at least at that point, they they had a, a policy set by default that if you tried to unlock a phone 10 times, that it would just factory reset. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was like, no, none of these people have kids, obviously. So, Do you guys leave your phones out in places where you're concerned about somebody picking up, picking it up and trying to open it? No. I don't go anywhere. I Generally, go anywhere. I assume that I work with professionals and they won't, but that doesn't mean that I'm not cautious. Do you Even mean like... Work? You mean like yes. stealing anywhere, your phone I, or just I, looking I, at your they're phone? They're not going to steal my phone, but they, I don't they understand definitely the point mess of, with it. I don't understand the point of putting a, a passcode on my phone because I'm the only one who ever has it. But what like if the you only lose time it? it's 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 not on it's, me is on if I'm home. Is... What if you lose it though? I mean, why am I going to put it down to lose it? I... Well, you never know. You could be why, taking why a shit in it... the bathroom and just forget about it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> could fall out of your pocket. No matter what you do, pocket. you I can always so lose it. If your phone, if your phone's not <laughs> locked. Stacks and you, upon you, stacks of phones that you're rolling around. If the your phone's floor. not locked, then the police do not need a search warrant to go through it. They can go through my phone all they want. What are they going to find? All your passwords to everything? No, they, they won't because it's locked. Those, those honkies, pictures you take honkies, in the stall. Honky's big saying is your wife's pictures. If you got nothing, <laughs> if you get. You, if you got nothing to hide, you got nothing to fear. I hear him say that all the time. Yeah. That's not true. Oh. Yeah. You, you might is, have nothing to hide, I, but you've got everything to protect. All, all I'm saying is I, I, I've never had a passcode on my phone because I've never been worried about my phone falling into the wrong hands. Uh, until somebody picks your pocket or you go to Amsterdam. So and that's fair, yeah. but I've never been in a situation where that's that's even been close to... Well, now, what are you trying to say about every Dutch. time, but it only Joe, happen, has to happen once. Has, has to happen so, once. Did you hear? Re- remember that journalist that uh, uh, went to some hacker and said, "Can you get into my stuff?" And he like ruined everything. Like took over his accounts, got into his Google, uh, uh, cloned his phone number, 
uh, was able to just take over his entire life, and he was like, oh my god. Like that guy that put his social security number on the, uh, uh, in the commercials? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. On the the actual yeah. social security number is like, steal my and, identity. And he got it, like, a, his identity was stolen like five times. Yeah, uh, I find that to be hilarious. Hilarious. Uh, like, he wouldn't learn after the first time, but, uh, I have a friend who I had the same conversation with last year where, and she said the same thing. It was like, well, you know, I've, I don't have anything to hide. And I'm just like, okay, do you have a credit card, some way to pay from your phone that I could pick up your phone right now and just go to a website and initiate pay. a payment? Or it's just like, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, think about that. You set your phone on somewhere. And this happens all the time. You go to a bar and you, people set their phone on the bar and like someone walks up and takes it. Happens but, all the time. But that's my this thing right if, there. Is, if, if, you're, if you were if, at a bar, would you leave your phone on the table? If you're in people a drunken you haze. People do. If, you, if, you, if, you, if you were at a bar and you get up, are you going to leave your phone sitting on the table? Well, how, say you're drunk for any reason. showing uh, right. a friend a picture on your phone or something, and you're drunk, and you got to piss, and so you just set it down, <laughs> and you're not thinking because you're, you're, you're drunk. I'm a fat you know? old married man. When was the last time I went out to a bar and hung out? <laughs> Well, that's I'm lucky just an I, example, can, I can go you know? to, to a movie. <laughs> or, or, or in your case, say you're uh, shooting heroin or something, and, and you just <laughs> nod out, and then and there you are. You're screwed. Well, anyway, you know I think it's, I think it's important. I think that locking your phone is, is a great thing to do. It's a good practice. Um, rather you have anything to hide or not, I think it's a good practice. Well, he doesn't think that. I, it, he's saying it because he's never in a position where he will leave his phone out. He, he works retail, and, and you you never expect your phone to fall out of your pocket or something crazy like that. See, that's what I don't get. Anything 27 years of retail, my phone has never retail. once fallen out of my pocket. There's always the first time. I, 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 watch, it, it happens watch, next it, shift. It happens. <laughs> Go ahead, Morton, see. When I first got uh, smartphones, I never locked my my phone. Um, uh, my goddaughter, the the one who doesn't talk to me anymore, I used to babysit her, and she would go through my phone if I fell asleep, and she started going through my saved stuff in YouTube and started deleting them <laughs> because she said I shouldn't be watching them, and I like. I would have hundreds of things saved to, to like in my watch later, and mm -hmm. she would just delete mm -hmm. all of them. And I'm was like, this, was like this? the fart fetish stuff, or what was you? Or she <laughs> so see through trial? No, no, it would have been it would have been IT learning stuff. It would have been uh -huh. uh, music. It would have been uh, no. I mean, it would have been. I mean, maybe dry. more more adult than children oriented, obviously, because I'm an adult, but not anything controversial. Uh, she just didn't feel I should be watching stuff. And uh, green screen lock on. You know what? Then one time I thought I was really good at not letting anybody see me. And then one time I saw her go, whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> and then I was changing it all the time, and I was holding my phone like this. <laughs> I would move my fingers and not touch it, so she'd think she knew what my pattern was. That's so funny. <clears throat> I've had this ongoing arms race with my daughter over the years where I have our services set to, you know, anything adult is you need to 
a key, you know, a coat. And she, she thinks she's slick. Cause she like tries to watch me do it. <laughs> and I, I told her years ago, I'm like, I know every dumb thing you're going to try to do before you even conceive of it in your little brain. I already know all of the dumb shit you're going to do. And so don't even bother. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. And so every time she tries to do something like that, I'm looking right at her. Like, <laughs> how's it going? How's it going? I, I wasn't looking. I, I wasn't. But <laughs> see, like my wife has my passcode to my phone. Okay. We we all know. My daughter knows my passcode to my phone and my wife's phone. We we all know because there's so much on there that we need exactly. each other's stuff. Um, and I have nothing to hide, so it's not like I'm worried about them knowing how to get into my devices. And honestly, in my situation where I might get sick <laughs> at any point, uh, like it, she, my wife needs to be able to, to get into my phone uh to get to my accounts and stuff so um like she has a uh not only the passcode but like uh thumbprints and like she can get in get in like the all right. the stuff um so but i would never ever in a million years have a device without even just a cursory lock on it like i just don't trust people i don't it's too tempting for the wrong people uh, there are too many people who steal devices and you need to read Kevin Mitnick's books. You know, even if they were stealing it to wipe it and sell it, right? Not, not necessarily trying to take anything of mine, you know, other than the physical property, uh, which is bad enough, but I just do not trust that someone would not try to buy. I've had my credit card stolen so many times and, yes. you know, stuff like that, where it was on my honeymoon, uh, you know, 18 years ago in freaking Mexico getting emails from my bank saying, did you just buy $5,000 worth of leather tanning supplies? <laughs> did like, you, no, no. On, on, a, on a trip to Iowa and suddenly I was buying hundreds and hundreds of dollars of gas in California. Right. I had same thing in Texas. Someone put gas on my card and you know, Banks have gotten really good at that, at recognizing stuff now to a point where it was annoying for a while. Like I, I would literally go 20 minutes away from home and go get gas and they would shut off my card. Yeah. I had that happen a couple of times, <laughs> but as time went on, they got better about it. They have. Yeah, and so like when better. I would take a trip from El Paso to Iowa, they would realize that, you know, it was progressive me going from one stop to the next stop to the next stop. And right. that I actually, it actually was me. So yeah. they didn't give me a hard time about that one. Scotty, you mentioned you had a couple things. Was there something else? Yeah, uh, you, you mentioned Bitwarden earlier and how you use Bitwarden. You you were com you were saying that you wish it, that it would not log out after you're already uh, authenticated with it. But one of the things I was wondering is how do you use it? Do you just leave your manager open for extended periods? No, and this is specifically for my device. So I tend to do a lot of like... A lot of the sensitive stuff I do is on my device, uh, for better, or for worse. Part of that being that I think the security tends to be, you know, pretty, pretty decent on Android as a whole. Um, and in terms of like the banking apps and financial apps in particular and stuff like that, like, uh, the convenience factor. And then also just, I feel like banks put more effort into their apps at this point than they do their website. And I feel like... I don't know. I feel for better, for worse, or for if it's true or not, I feel safer going through 
my phone to do things like banking. Um, so I've been using a password manager for a long time to create long, complex passwords that I couldn't possibly remember. And, you know, like 26, 28 character, usually 32 sometimes, uh, is usually as big as they'll let me make it. Um, not that I feel like at this point, you know, stopping brute force is really the, the largest exposure you have. So don't be the low hanging fruit. That's yeah, true. Basically. And, and the likelihood, the, the likelihood of a really long, complex password being on a list is pretty low. Um, so that's, that's why I tend to do it. So anyway, I, none of my, I don't know any of my passwords anymore other than master passwords and like certain ones I, I do know. Um, but, uh, so I tend to need Bitwarden to get into that kind of stuff. Um, and so, you know, it's not infallible, but I feel, I feel like that extra step of needing to unlock it every single time for me personally is a little redundant. Because I'm already unlocking the phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just takes half a second. uh, But see, the way the Bitwarden works is if I'm on a website or I'm in an app and I go to the login box and I tap it, uh, and this just could be mm, the way it's set up on my device or something, but that autofill prompt to go to Bitwarden doesn't work um, if it's not logged in already. So what I've found that I have to do in a lot of cases is actually go back out of whatever app I'm in, go to Bitwarden, authenticate to it, then go back to the app I was trying to log into. Then when I tap the username or password or whatever, then Bitwarden is there as an option. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't even know you could connect it to a browser to autofill. Yeah. Well, I don't autofill. I just have it. I have it show me what it matches against that website. Yeah, autofill. I don't like autofill because I don't want it to be something someone else can easily. Yeah, but what are you access. talking about? You, so you go to a website and you have a password field. Yeah, and then but when it pops bit, up the keyboard, bit. when it pops up the keyboard at the top of the keyboard, it'll oh, show. Oh, okay, okay, I got you. So Bitwarden, yeah, uh, will it show shows up you there. A copy yeah, paste. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, yeah mine doesn't you, do that. Yeah, that's when you set Bitwarden as your uh, your key manager or whatever, and it it will that. it'll prompt you if you would like Bitwarden to um, select auto fill. Oh, it's it's okay. auto fill. Yeah. So I have it set your... on Samsung Pass, but I never use that because uh, I never saved that to Samsung Pass. So now I just I just now saved it as Bitwarden. So all right. See, the reason why I ask is because I like hearing how other people, you know, practice security and listen to it. It it sounds very different from my own. I use a more paranoid uh, step. What I, do you do, Scotty? Scotty has a photographic memory. No, 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 nothing, nothing like that. I mean, that it's for one, the phone, I don't trust the phone. I rarely ever open the password manager on the phone. It has to be something very like I have to be locked out of everything else to use my password manager on the phone. And even then, that's with YubiKeys and everything, just to kind of put extra layers in between. Two, when I use my password manager on desktop, which is preferably, you know, desktop or my laptop, I never leave it open. I like to queue up the jobs that I'm going to do. So, for instance, when it's that time of the month when I have to start paying bills and getting things, you know, ready, I then queue up those jobs. I'll have, say, for instance, 
I know I'm going to go into my email. I need my primary password to unlock Thunderbird so that I can gain access to my email. I need to also go into this site, that site, et cetera, et cetera. These are things I know I need to do. Joplin is loaded up on the side. It has a lot of my bookmarks in there. I don't store them in uh, Firefox. I have them in Joplin. And I, because they're markdown links, I just click them open and they populate within Firefox. Then I unlock the password manager because the jobs that I'm about to take care of are already queued up and ready to go. Unlock the password manager. Go ahead and start unlocking Thunderbird and everything else that needs to be unlocked. Then lock the password manager, take the key out, and now I can begin working on everything else that needs to be done without the manager being open. But it's just jobs that are queued up ahead of time to get that done. So when I when I hear that you leave your manager just open, I'm, well, I'm, I'm a, you know. So on my desktop, Daddy, that's have, insane. <laughs> no, listen, I, I think whatever makes you feel comfortable, honestly. I, and I think if you if your comfort level is such that you want to use a YubiKey, you want to uh, okay. have a very specific process that you follow so that you don't forget. There you go. So I get that, and it says, it warden vault is vaulted locked. locked. Okay, so I see what you're saying. So if you tap it, now. now it'll take you to the vault. And then you unlock it. And then you unlock the vault. You can tap the entry, because it'll yeah. search for you. It'll then fill that back in on whatever app you were in. I'm okay with that, actually. Yeah. So, but whatever, you know, Scotty, whatever makes you comfortable, like when I was doing stuff uh, more, so especially because I was dealing with a lot of patient health information and HIPAA, HIPAA you know, restrictions and, and stuff like that. And I was dealing with, I was logging into other people's systems, any authentication credentials with stuff like that. I had it behind at least two layers uh, of authentication to get to that information in the first place. I never left it in a clipboard. Uh, I never, you know, I was always very, very careful with that kind of stuff, but because I, because I felt that that was something that warranted that level of, uh, paranoia. Of, yeah. Well, not, not even necessarily paranoia, just of a, of a regimented process. Well, right? I'm not saying paranoia, like it's a bad thing. Right. Well, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. Cause I knew, that if we had a, a HIPAA incident uh, uh, with PHI, that it would be a problem. And I actually had several times over my tenure there that I had to call the HIPAA hotline and say, hey, I think we probably sent something in an email we shouldn't have, or, you know, or a customer would send something to me that was PHI, and I'd have to say, hey, <laughs> I didn't do this, but... Somebody breached information, you know, because email isn't secure. And get the get the OIG involved. Exactly, exactly. And so, um, so in those situations, yes, I took all of that very seriously. But my own stuff, again, because I don't really ever go anywhere. Uh, nobody comes into my house. Um, I don't, you know, my family unit is a very small. You know, three of us. Uh, I just I have a certain level of of. Um, not certainty, but just like of, of feeling as though I don't have an exposure in that way. Um, and you know, right. I guess, let me, let me, let me just inject in here for just a second, because I, I think when I gave my example there, my tone may have, um, came off as though I was criticizing mm. or whatever. Mm -mm. And I, and I hope not, no, to, not a bit. To, you know, I, I, I think personal, I, I think security the vast majority of people 
couldn't care less, right? They let Google auto remember whatever. And like, that's, they don't, they literally couldn't care less, right? They don't, passwords are an inconvenience to them. My wife. Well, and my wife too. Same thing. I ask her what her password is for her email, for her email. And she's like, uh, well, try this or try this. Or I'm just like, you don't know. She's like, I don't know. I'm like, okay. So, you know, I've tried to get her to use a password manager. Nope. You know, she doesn't, she doesn't like that. It's a hassle to her. Why do I have to go log into this so that I could log into that? And I try to explain, well, is it's a way to keep your passwords secure? Like, you know, cause you don't just leave them laying around and no, it doesn't, it's, you know, like it just doesn't matter. Well, they, so they the flip fact- a switch as well. Cause my, my wife is roughly the same way, except for when she goes to work, when she goes to work then she understands there's an obligation to do certain things to remain secure for work. But the moment she's at home or whatever, you know, off the clock now, yeah. all of a sudden I can relax and drop the <laughs> obligation. Yeah. Well, and I guess I at least admire the fact that she recognizes that for work, she has to take it more seriously. But my, and my, my wife is kind of funny too, where she won't, she hates installing apps on her phone because she feels as though that's a way for her to be tracked. And she will not, like if there is the choice between using the company's website on like a mobile website or using their app, she will always default to using their website. Um, She does not like to have like her stuff logged in and stay logged in. Um, so she, she definitely has her own sort of conception and practice around security, but it's very different from mine, um, and very different from yours. And I think that's the fact that, you know, again, that if you put a certain level of care and attention and, uh, behind something, I'll never criticize that because I, I, if you find it important, then you're taking the responsibility to, to enact the, what makes you feel comfortable. Right. And I, that's one of the things that I love about like Linux and open source and, um, you know, is that it enables you to, to do those things and, and have a relative certainty that your system is your own and that it's, you know, if you air gap it, if whatever you do to make it secure, right, your LAN, your protocols, your rules, whatever, um, you know, I feel like when I'm doing that, on a proprietary operating system that I'm hoping <laughs> that it's not leaking or, you know, that it's doing what I'm asking it to do, but I never feel as confident as I do like on a Linux system. Or, I want to hear what Minix does to keep his system secure. <laughs> he buries it in the backyard. <laughs> Actually, not much. I mean, as far as passwords, I host my own Bitwarden uh, service. Uh, as far as uh, web apps and stuff like that that I host, uh, pretty basic, just SSL. And um, uh, as far as the server itself, you know, not too much. Fail to ban. I have that running. And um, I download, or I don't, a cron job oh. downloads. Um, that what, fail what to ban. What uh, what what sort of policy uh, have you got up, set up on that fail to ban? On fail to ban, I block pretty much every country except for the U.S. and Canada <laughs> when I first set it up. <laughs> I'm sorry, Europeans and <laughs> people like that, but you're just not going to be able to access my shit. Uh, <laughs> and that that's probably like 
filters 99.999% of any kind of uh, attacks I may have. And, and then the other is um, uh, you can set up a cron job to download uh, IPs from uh, lists like Spam House and stuff like that. That'll integrate them into your uh, fail to ban uh, configuration stuff. And so, I mean, it's outside of like being in my home and putting my password into my laptop. I don't really see how I'm that vulnerable unless it's um, something that hasn't been updated in a while and there's a security vulnerability somewhere there. Uh, like Heartbleed or you know something like that that's that's out of my control. I pretty much do everything I can, including hosting, you know, everything myself. So yeah, uh, even my own mail server, you know, and which can be a pain in the ass, as Honky can tell you. Yeah, uh, it's not easy, but to me, it's it's not so much about security as it's just interesting to me and it's what I like to do and I kind of like to be in control of, of my own quote-unquote online destiny, I guess you could say. And if the, the main thing is if something fucks up, I don't want it to be because I trusted another company to keep my shit safe. I want it to be my own dumbass fault that I <laughs> fucked up and it's on me, you know, and yeah. that that because I've in the past, I've trusted stuff with other companies, you know, just random data and stuff like that. And either it was stolen. I remember I used to have a Yahoo email address and they had a big data breach and that was hacked. And then mm -hmm. I had a photo bucket account one time where I used to store all my, this is a long time ago, store all my photos and stuff. And uh, that was like halfway deleted one time because some photo bucket had some kind of data uh, data storage issue and corruption just shit like that in the yeah. past you know and I was just like no I'm not going through that crap or you know companies just disappear too you know and, yeah. and that's a big thing I mean look at all the services in the Google graveyard and stuff and so you know for me it's it's now I'm not saying this that everybody should do this, but as I would I would say if you have the uh, time and the patience and a little bit of extra income to afford, you know, server hardware and stuff, then do your best to to keep keep your own data under your own roof. You know, you're not counting like you know you always want offsite backups and stuff but the, the, the main the main bulk of it all is is within my control physical control i think a physical control of your of your data is important now one of the things that i love about practicing any kind of security is the idea that if i can't get into it nobody can mm -hmm. it's it's not secure if there's this extra special thing you can do to just kind of bypass the passwords and everything else and, and allow you to get into it so like a back not just a back door but what companies offer to most users as hey if you forget your password these are the steps you can take to get in or whatever because once you have a password manager you don't ever have to remember those credentials anymore and then nothing. if you do things like add, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Nothing is ever 100% secure. I mean, I mean, that's true. There's always there's always some some crazy coincidental things that could happen, chain of events that could fuck you over. But 
I don't think you can be prepared for everything in life, you know. Yeah. No, I agree as close as possible. You know? You're right. I, I, I don't think that I'll ever be prepared for everything, but I'd like try. You know what I mean? I'd like to, I'd like to feel like I'm getting as close to owning it all myself as I possibly can. And then, like you mentioned earlier, if I fail, then that's on me. I'll, I'll take the hit for it. But at least I knew it was me versus. I, I, guess I feel I, the same way. Yeah. And, and one more thing, um, as far as like what you can do, uh, uh, to kind of, I think if you can spread things out too, so you don't have a single point of failure, mm. uh, like data storage, like I have, I have three data storages, you know, for the same thing. So I have my regular, uh, back, you know, my, have my regular backup. Then I have a backup server. Then I have an offsite backup at my friend's house that's encrypted. So, you know, if my apartments burn down or their house burns down, it's, Hopefully it doesn't happen, but if it did, you know, I would be protected. And like the same thing with my passwords, uh, you know, I have an alarm set so that once a week I just export everything from Bitwarden onto a onto a two thumb drives, you know. And so if something were to happen to those three backups of Bitwarden, then I still have physical backups on a thumb drive, you know. So yeah, I think if you, if you could spread it out enough and still be secure. Uh, you can mitigate a lot of that stuff. I think where people get into trouble is trusting uh, backups that they never restore. Right. Uh, uh, that you, it's not really a backup yeah, if you can't restore up. your backup. Yeah. And I've, I've seen that happen so many times. There was a giant Macedon instance that just went poof. Forgot how many thousands of users it had because they never practiced restoring their backups. I've been paying <laughs> for backups for the last 10 years. Oh, crap, I need to restore. Nobody knows how. Yep. So. Yeah. so now, with, with, with all that said, because Mordency, you're out of the country right now, yeah? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> with, with all that said, you authenticating from one nation to another i imagine that would you know cause a few red flags i have uh before i traveled here last year i bought nord vpn so i can connect as if i'm from the u.s which is very very helpful um i also have a wire guard set up in my home network so i can even make it look like i'm in my own house uh, i've found a couple things that don't like it when my home IP address changes. Um, now you could go from Nord I, to WireGuard too, right? Can't you? Do right? Can't you? Yeah, I go back and forth. I mean, you can do use them both simultaneously if you wanted to. No, oh, you can't. Really? Oh, you can't. Really? I'd have to be running it from home and then go into WireGuard and then uh, out through Nord. Oh. Yeah, I actually had yeah. that problem. I went on vacation and uh, forgot that I'd left the VPN connected on my desktop, which is my portal into, into my house through uh, Tailscale. And Tailscale basically doesn't work whenever the VPN's connected. Um, and so I'm trying to get into my home network while I was on vacation, and I couldn't. And I'm like, I'm now, and I'm kind of like half freaking out because like, what? why can't I get in? We had a pet sitter coming in, and I'm thinking, man, you know, did something happen? Um, and no, 
I was able to finally get into my wife's computer and then get over to mine. And I figured out, it was, oh, it's because I left the stupid VPN. <laughs> yeah, so, I remember one time being on vacation and um, doing an update from a thousand miles away. That's terrible. I would never do that. Kicking myself <laughs> because something bad happened with the update, and my computer didn't restart. Yeah, I don't Pan- do it. Panic I've learned mode. my, but but I will say I've done that in the past, and that's why I don't do it anymore. Exactly. Just do any kind of maintenance, unless yeah. I'm just completely locked out anyway. Then I may, but yeah, I, I I'm the kind of person that always loves keeping shit up to date and just. <laughs> Um, it it's like bothers me if I'm behind. You're compulsive but, about it. Yeah, yeah but Same. but I would still not do it if I'm not within the physical proximity of my hardware. Yeah, for that very reason. Yeah, yeah. we also had a pet sitter, and I had them sitting in front of my computer, and I was talking <laughs> them through fixing it so I could get back on it. Did they know anything about <laughs> technology no. or anything? nothing? <laughs> that's funny i can see you talking them through that no, i i've i finally figured out that after a couple like several hours of like how am i gonna do this trying all these different things um that my wife's computer still had uh google remote desktop chrome remote desktop turned on which i thought i had disabled years ago <laughs> and i was just i was like i'm gonna try it just to see and yep still worked i was like damn Oh no, I'm too paranoid for that. My wife's on her own subnet. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow, she, she's not. I, she's wow. not coming. I'm gonna here. have to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'll t- the one thing that makes it difficult though That's is giving a good her idea, access Scotty. to the. You know, yeah. you never know what they're gonna click on and yeah, download she, or what. She's know. not coming on to on to the right. No, but she, <laughs> the one thing that makes it a problem is giving her access to the printer. The network printer, so that has been a massive problem. The it's printer is not uh, as much of a problem as you might think. I will, I, I'll tell you how to fix it because it'll do Wi-Fi and it'll also do wired, right? Correct. So why not have a Raspberry Pi and then the built-in Wi-Fi? Wait, Hold on. Raspberry, Raspberry Pi is a, Raspberry print, Pi server. Is a print server. Raspberry Pi is a print server, and then you. the print server built into the uh, the printer. Huh. I might have to get. I, I got to give that a try. I posted a link in, in the Lemmy about that very thing, actually. Or yeah, have the Raspberry Pi as your print server, but have the U or have two USB Wi-Fi's and have them both connected to separate networks. Yeah, because the one thing I was thinking is, even if it is the print server, it would still have to be on the same subnet as her. Or well, actually, maybe not. No, because I it, think it's Raspberry- got two connections. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll post that article in the show notes because uh, I thank, thank you. So, I'll need that. Yeah, somebody did that exact same thing. Joe's so smart. And it, the the problem with printers as well is trying to change the ACL rules to allow communication, not just across the network, you know, across VLANs, but to just limiting it to where it's not going to be able to communicate on the full IP range. Make but sure just, it's not a pivot. Yeah. Definitely mm-hmm. give me that. Give me that link, cause uh, yeah. I'm gonna play around now. Will that work on a Pi Zero Two W? Or I gotta, oh, yeah. uh, I gotta use a, um, I gotta use a Pi that's got both Ethernet and um, no, uh, well, Wi-Fi. You can hook up the. Does the printer have Ethernet? Yes, the printer has yeah. Ethernet and uh, Wi-Fi. Hook the printer up to Ethernet and then use Wi-Fi for the print server. Where is that article? Damn it! Which would be connected over USB to the printer. 
Oh, so that means I'm gonna have to get an okay. adapter if you're using a zero. Yeah. Okay. That means I gotta go dig through a drawer. I found an old three somewhere around here. OTG. You can use an old I... phone to do it too. No, I don't trust phones. Any most most of phones are built for convenience and I you know, I get it. When you're out and about and sometimes you have to use them, I get all that. But typically for my own use case I I try to keep my phone on airplane mode for as long as possible. And then when I need to talk some, to someone, I'll talk to them. Now, would it's, you trust something like the Pine phone, where it has the hardware kill switches and stuff? Well, if it lasted for longer than 10 minutes, then yeah, sure. <laughs> she said. Buzzing. But yeah, I think that uh, I think the Pine phone is a wonderful device once they get, you know, things working a little bit better on it. But uh, for most phones, uh, Android, the Android clones, uh, like uh, was it F-Droid and some of the other uh, Android alternatives, especially not iPhone, because they, they tell you right up front, you don't even own the phone. You know, you don't own the hardware. You don't own the software. All of the data that gets stored on the phone is cached into these apps. You don't even get a real file system, file system or anything. You just you don't have anything. And each app that you install wants access to everything. Otherwise, you can't use the app. You know, it, it just it just does not feel like something I really, really want to get dug deeper in. It's bad enough the company I work for is kind of forcing us to use our phone a little bit more. And I, I do it reluctantly, but I don't want my personal information on the phone any more than it has to be. I don't even use my phone to take pictures of my kids anymore. I, you know, it's just if I can get away with not using it, I would. Now. You bring this up, I think this is a good transition, because here's something I wanted to talk about, uh, all the things that phones have replaced. Like, so to take pictures, do you just use like a regular camera then? Uh, yeah, I'm right now I'm using my T5, it's a Canon T5 DSLR, mm -hmm. and for the most part it is not convenient, especially if you're working with an SO, it is going to cause problems because with the significant other trying to get them to pose and all of that kind of stuff not to mention depending on what you're taking pictures of i'm a commercial driver and you there are certain areas where i need to get a photo to send back to the office about something a dslr is not going to work it's just not so <laughs> the phone has to be used for that but again mm -hmm. that's work related versus personal personal i'm looking at an old sony uh like an old a7 or something like that mirrorless and that's going to be a little bit more portable. Just a couple of cheap lenses that you can probably buy secondhand and run that as my, my on-the-go camera versus a phone. So there was an article today. Uh, Scotty, I'll, I'll post that when I can find it uh, about the uh, Pi as a print server. But um, I was going to say that there was an article today about um, uh, this guy they had uh, brought back to life what's called a Web Anywhere watch, and I'll post that in the in the uh, show notes right now. And it's a uh, basically what it is is it came out in the early 2000s, and the and it's a watch that you would hook up to your Windows 98 computer. Or Windows 95, or what? It, or Windows 98, probably. And you would download 93 kilobytes 
of the internet onto this watch. And I posted the link in the show notes. And it, uh, you can read, um, it, the display I think is 10 characters by two characters. So that's how you would read the information that you got off of the internet. And uh, when did this thing come out? 2001, I think, or 2000, uh, something like that. 2001. And I thought, man, what a fucking ass beating it would be to have to read the internet with this watch, 10 characters by two characters LCD display. But at the time, I think it would be awesome to have something like that because we didn't really have web connectivity so much it wasn't yeah, the like only it technology you had in watches was calculator watches right i wanted one so bad so i thought this would be so cool but i was thinking this is just you know of course when cell phones came along this was just like thrown in the garbage i'm sure by whoever bought it but there was a lot of devices like this at the time that were I think another one that I always think of is how much I love my like PMPs. They called them at the time personal media players, like oh, the yeah. uh, PDAs, uh, personal digital assistants. I, I had the PDAs Dell Axis X fifty one V, which was you know a cell phone before cell phones. Right, and, and I thought you know I miss that stuff. I don't. I mean, can, compared to a cell phone now, they wouldn't nearly be as convenient. But I see some people that are just like. It's but like this guy who are totally into finding this old technology, bringing it back to life and showing it off. And that just it just fills me with this big feeling of nostalgia of, of these gadgets and gizmos I used to use. Oh, yeah. Because I've always been technology minded but before everything was interconnected. You know, uh, they had these kind of devices like a, like my um, PM, my personal media player. I think it was River or something made them. But you could load all these movies, MPEG files and stuff. And, oh, you could have movies in your pocket, you know, or music videos or anything like that. Wasn't uh, I th- talking to you about that during the uh, during the uh, New Year's show? Or I was talking to Morton C or somebody about that. It might have been you I was talking to about that. Was it? Maybe. We were talking about creating a device that was uh, that did not have the, the problems of, ah, there you go. Okay, uh, so it was Morton C. then. But what you were saying, Scotty, it, about the camera and stuff, it it just struck me about how I miss these devices. And even though I would probably never use them today, but that this there was that whole era between, you know, maybe through the 90s up to the early 2000s where all these devices were very prevalent. Well, it's why the PSP and the PS Vita were so popular. Yes, they were a gaming system, but they were also an MP3 player, a movie player, everything else. You could even load Skype up onto them. The PSP, that's another one. I used to read ebooks on my PSP and, you know, watch movies on that. I would transcode them just to, to watch on my PSP and stuff like that. But are there any devices like that that you guys miss or you, you remember with nostalgia or, or that, uh, that, that you may have had before the whole digital connected age of cell phones and stuff like that? Or I think the, just I, me? No, I, I, I liked almost like the Unix philosophy, right? I, mean, you had, I had gadgets that did things, specific yeah. things. Yeah. Well, um, like there, there's a lot of things that cell phones do now that took a hundred 
<laughs> gadgets to do in the hundred separate gadgets to do in the right. past. My PDA it just covered a lot of what my cell phone does now. I mean, like all of it, uh, eBooks, audio books. But they were so simple in terms of, yes, they were capable and they would perform those tasks. But I think one of the failings of potentially one of the failings of modern technology is there's so many different ways to do the same damn thing. And it gets to be frustrating at times because uh, there's something that was so gratifying about learning a PDA and how it worked mm -hmm. and knowing the capabilities of it. And then just sort of working within the confines of this device or right? working to expand the capabilities because like pre um, windows, um, I believe it was eight windows mobile eight. Like you had this entire backlog all the way to windows mobile one of applications that were still usable. So you, you could do almost anything with one of those PDAs that you could do with the desktop. So long as you had enough RAM. Yeah. Now, uh, also I was thinking about, um, like, uh, like my very first P piece of gadgetry like that was a dictionary uh, a, a digital dictionary where i don't still know how sell those do they yeah that's crazy they would still sell something like that it's i remember getting it for black and white screen and and it was yeah. just like blew my mind that the whole dictionary was in this device and i was like oh my god uh you mentioned the the media players i sansa if you've ever heard of those oh yeah loved mm-hmm and it was just a. That's, I was all, thinking of exactly that, Eric. You had the yeah, Sansa yeah. media players. I looked, I looked the, mine up. It was the I got like the E two fifty that had the uh, the little screen on it. Yeah. I could actually download a uh, video. Actually, at the time I had TiVo, I was able to download a video from TiVo and have it uh, uh, transcoded and put onto my uh, little Sansa device and watch it. The screen was quite literally like that big. On <laughs> yeah, like but I was able square. to watch videos yeah, that I, I recorded that, that I downloaded from TiVo onto the. But thing. wasn't that a cool feeling though that you could just have a device that yeah. You could watch video on. It felt like the future, you know. And, it was right. Awesome. You will hear yeah. Dan from um, Tilt. The Sansa clip. Yeah, the Sansa clip. Complain not well that he can't find a new one of the Sansa clip, and all the old ones are dying. But also complain that all of your new MP3 players, because they do still sell MP3 players. Yeah. But the operating systems are just pure garbage. They are. Oh, oh you played the Rockbox on it. Rockbox. That's what I was about to say. Remember Rockbox? You could even yep. play Doom in Rockbox. You know, it was awesome. <laughs> you yeah. could play Doom on a toaster. Well, that's true. But <laughs> I mean, it and it had little get like a bubble bobble game and just all kinds of cool stuff. Rockbox was the coolest thing for your tiny little media players. I don't even. Is it still being developed? I doubt it. Probably not. You know, Probably, you I'm know sure why? It's still out there. I'm sure you can grab it, but I, I don't. I wouldn't think it's still being developed, actively developed. I don't know. Right. Did you ever use that, Scotty? Uh, Rockbox or any of those little media players like that? I've used an old media player. I don't remember what the brand was, but the one thing that I remember that was so special about it is I could just load my data onto it and use it any way I liked, and there wasn't all these artificial walls limiting what I could do. Oh, and my God. On. This is Freaking... before those were erected, actually. No, no. The Apple stuff, the iTunes store. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That was exactly. so much garbage. Yeah, uh, exactly. Oh, I, I know what you mean. Like the early iPods where you had to go through the uh, iTunes. iPads as well. 
iPads as well. And the thing is, is like the first gen iPad, I've got one that my son absolutely loves. The screen is great on it. You can't load anything onto it because none of the old iPhone um, or iTunes applications actually work anymore because they switched to online only. And so you can't have the software on your system and have it work. Now, there are certain ways of trying to get around it. I've used KDE Connect to get around some of it. But even then, because of the way, because there's no real file system where the data gets stored on it, everything's cached into one app, which you then have to grant permission to other apps to, to use. And Apple is, you know, cracking down on what applications can access what other types of files. So if you do send in, say, for instance, a, uh, a movie or something like that via KDE Connect, other applications may not have permissions to access it or even from something like Nextcloud. If you use Nextcloud to bring it into the I, I, uh, ecosystem, the Apple ecosystem, you still may not be able to share it everywhere you want to on, on the device. So yeah, a- Apple doesn't have just like a general file manager. I never had an iPhone, so I don't know, but they, they don't have like a file explorer for their phone. They can just, They've kind of they they made this like half measure um, where they finally did have they do have what's you could call a file manager, but it's not like a file system where you can go and look at the actual structure. It's basically like Scotty's saying where you know an app has access to certain files if you want to call it that on the system but it's not the same as like an android where you can go in and like literally see the structure and just okay i got you it well it sucks um, basically <laughs> so well, i had a friend who uh wanted to update their um where they have it I, an ipad air or something like that so but they needed a larger amount of space to be able to download the update to do the update and uh i'm like all right why don't we just go on there and just start clearing out some files maybe back some up to a uh, external drive but the thing is i had no idea looking at it what was what the way they have things set up i couldn't tell uh, when their little file manager what was in on the machine itself and what was in the apple cloud or what yeah. oh. where anything is specifically because it's not very clear it just says you have these files here you go it doesn't say where they are it doesn't say what what the storage is in the device I got you. Uh, on a side note uh, last time rockbox was updated was uh november 15th 2019 Rockbox version 3.15. Well, you know, that's a lot more recent than I would have thought. Right. I, I used it so long ago. And, and I think I used the last time I used it was on a Sansa clip. You remember those? The little, yeah. And uh, I bought that to take to the gym so I wouldn't be distracted by my phone. And then I, I, I think I lost it a week later. <laughs> I don't know where it went. <laughs> it's so small. I just, but yeah, that, that was, I did the same thing Honky did. I, I would have a little Sansa. Uh, it wasn't a clip at the time; it was something else. But I would I would convert these videos on my computer to like that format, whatever it played, tiny, and then I could watch it on my. And it was so cool. It was like, oh man, I feel like fucking Dick Tracy or something. Yeah. You know, I get <laughs> I get this tiny gadget where I can watch videos. <clears throat> Which, by the way, also I, I didn't have this when it came out, but I bought it at a yard sale. It was a, a TV watch. And it was, you know, it was nice. for, it was black and white, and it had a wire with an antenna that you could hang up, and, uh, you know, of course, it was, it wasn't a, uh, what do you call it, like an OLED screen or anything, but it was, right. I believe it was LCD screen, 
and uh, it was, but it was a watch on your wrist, and you could do that, you, you know, before cell phones and stuff like that, which I always thought was cool. Yeah. Well, we had such a strange conception of not strange. We had a completely different conception of futuristic technologies where things oh, were still most definitely. Yeah. You know, where things were still separate devices. And the thing that nobody understood or got right was that we were all going to use one stupid device. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it, it, just think about Star Trek lore and all the, all the communicators and tricorders yeah. and stuff they had. And, uh, go ahead. So, I, I just think that that's a uh, a good segue into our movie of the week. Oh, <laughs> because so real, well, I'm going to have to apologize. I was not able to watch the movie this time. Oh no, uh, yeah, really? You, you, you missed you missed a, a real winner this time. A banger. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the, our our movie this week was uh, Virtual Combat, starring the uh, Don the Dragon Wilson. Don the Dragon Wilson. He learned to act. Um, Basically, let, let me let me just sum this up as best as best as possible. Well, hang on, virtuosity, hang on one second. Wait, vir- wait, virtuosity, what, 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 but crap. <laughs> what what about the theme? Don't, don't don't we need the theme? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I, I jumped the gun there. Sorry. Go ahead. Let's see. What you're saying though about virtuosity? <laughs> we're so close that I had to look up which one came out first. Right. And you will never guess when came out first. The, the virtual combat came out first. Nope. Virtual combat came out first. Uh, that's like what I just said. No, I was answering. That's not what I right. But like a, a, a month or two, it came out in Italy, I think, uh, the same year as virtuosity but it premiered in italy like a month or two before virtuosity premiered really in the US. that close together yes they were I, I was hoping the that time. there was like a bigger there's a bigger gap just because of the, the quality of the film being the films being so different i mean <laughs> virtuosity was a really good movie <laughs> with good acting <laughs> oh, what an, you actual, to say that? an actual story <laughs> as opposed to this movie which was the j- same which general idea the dragon wilson but That's all you giant have to say. pile of shit <laughs> so uh, you have your if, if if you go to the imdb link um that's in the show notes. It'll it'll, it'll tell you. Uh, let's see. Uh, towards the bottom release date, it says January 16, 1996, in the U.S., but in Italy, July 11th, 1995. Oh. And then, if you look up Virtuosity, it also came out in 1995, but it came out. Let's see. Yeah, but when did is, they film? It came out in August of 1995. So a month later, Virtuosity came out after Virtual Combat. But when did they film? Would you yeah. ever guess that? I, I really don't think the uh, the description of the movie needs to be anything more than that. Than <laughs> a a like uh, a ch- very cheap version of Virtuosity with no real plot and Don Dragon Wilson as opposed to Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe. There is a plot, kind of. Where? Oh. Well, the plot <laughs> is that uh, what well, it's the same plot as Virtuosity, right? Uh, uh, a uh, killer gets out of the computer as well as some sex sex 
programs or whatever. And it's up to Don the Dragon Wilson to stop it, just like uh, it was up to uh, Denzel Washington to stop Russell Crowe. So what you're saying is, is Denzel Washington saw Don the Dragon Wilson in this movie right. and said, no, I can do this shit better. Yes, and that's exactly what happened. It's exactly, they said, oh. uh, the, the makers of uh, Virtuosity said, you know, we're out of ideas. We don't know what to do. Let's go see what Don the Dragon Wilson is up to. Because was... that's your go-to. That's your go-to. <laughs> yeah. Everybody says that in Hollywood. Didn't you know that? All right. So we, we've gone through the description of the movie, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think we need to cover it any more than that. <laughs> what I... <laughs> That's fine. So let, let's go back to the idea that uh, the, the uh, so in that movie they had communicators, but they had like strange like um, be close to the to the uh, the tricorders and old uh, trek where it was this massive box that they held in their hands like that flip flipped phone. up and yeah. that, that would flip up. And, and every time they did, they had that nice that uh, that almost uh, Star Trek type sound effects too, like yeah. like they even like even like when he hung up the phone, it was just like oh, oh there was a screen on there on the phone, and then he just put it down and go every time. And it was a CRT <laughs> everything, screen, everything, yeah, <laughs> somehow <laughs> with like two inch bezels on it, yeah, yeah, with the tube and stuff in there. Uh, but so, what was her name? Uh, Mary or Grace or somebody. was that a person or was that like the digital assistant on the phone? Oh, that was the digital assistant. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't a person. I thought it was two of them though. Wasn't it a male version and a female version? Yes. I, that's what I thought too. Yeah. That's what Alexa does. But uh, he, the way he used it was just like you would a cell phone. He had like it triangulate where people were and then. Right. Uh, get information, data, and stuff from the communicator, and and all sorts of like at, at the end there where he like uh, this put is where we elevator. parked or something like that, and he put it in the elevator, and it like yeah, in his one tone of voice that he has, Don the Dragon, yes, yeah. I would like to point out an excellent scene from this movie though that I've never seen in any other movie ever. So just for a little background. Uh, it wasn't just one person that gets out of this uh, computer game. Well, the computer game is is not really a game so much as it is a simulation. So Don the Dragon Wilson uses it to practice fighting, and he goes up different levels. And level 10 is the highest level. And the villain in, in, in this movie is actually the fighter in level 10 that Don the Dragon Wilson can never beat in the simulation. And uh, the scientist that created this creates this some kind of bath made of slime that the computer hooks up to and then a body will come out of it that's the physical version of the virtual person in the in the computer simulation so his name is dante and he's a badass but he doesn't speak he he uh, telepathically communicates with everybody when he how i don't know he he telepathically (laughs) communicates with he never once speaks he telepathically communicates with everybody and he has some sort of a weird psychic link with the two uh sex bots or whatever you want to call them that from that that uh that were that were that were came out before him and he and he called the one like his you are the light you are the light to my darkness or something like that they have they're they're two completely completely separate different games and, and like systems. I'm not sure there's like nothing that's that explain any of that at all besides oh. the fact that they both came from uh, the, the, I'm sorry, the, the, the power grid or whatever. Yeah. There's yeah, they, an explanation. They, 
these, these, these women are part of a sex simulation that you can uh, pay for, and they strap you into what looks like those those G-Force things, you know, like giant gyroscopes <laughs> or whatever. That's the other thing I wanted to get to. Why is it that, that they, they're stuck in these, they're like, why are they being flipped all around? To go I, to I don't know. World? <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to simulate. Uh, what, maybe what, it moves them around in the world or something. What Who type knows? of weird VR sex are they having where they're flipping upside down and spinning all around? Hey, hey don't kick shame. Hey. Yeah, don't kick now, shame gyroscope VR sex. Well, At now, least... One, one of the things I'm gonna the, the dominatrix uh, lady that came out. Did yeah. you did you notice that she killed everyone with kink? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was her. <laughs> so that, that that's the, one of the scenes I want to bring up because it was so I I had to just laugh out loud when I saw this. So with the whip. The, yes. But you put the whip underneath the. Yeah. So oh. so the so the two women one. They're both from these sex programs, but one is a dominatrix and one is just kind of like a hot, foxy lady, you know. She's more subdued and stuff. And they're trapped in this room, and the, which Dante, the villain, says, well, look around the room, uh, and I, I'll tell you, you know, how to get out of there or whatever. So he, they look around the room, and he says, oh, okay, I got it. But they never tell him what to do, you know, because they, 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 the, the one girl is about to break out the window and, and then the, the dominatrix like says, no, you know, be quiet. So there's a guard outside the door and the dominatrix takes her whip and kind of like shimmies it under the door. And somehow she could control the very tip of the whip. <laughs> and this guard is sleeping in a chair right outside the door, and she takes the whip and she pops his balls with it. <laughs> and he like he covers his balls and makes a stupid face. He's like, oh! And then she, and then she does it a second time, pops him again in the balls. She said, "I can kill you with this whip if you don't unlock the door." So he just runs over and opens it. Yeah, so instead of just walking away. Which any sane <laughs> person would have done. Or grabbing the whip. Yeah, or grabbing the whip is only like six or seven foot long, so he could just <laughs> walk away. It's not like she captured him with it. She just snapped him in the balls twice and made him unlock the door. So he runs over and unlocks the door so she didn't kill him with the ball ball whip and stuff. <laughs> just uh, crazy I, scene. I, 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 I think I missed a real good movie here. You did. <laughs> I mean, it was there was insane stuff like that in this that I I oh, wish it was so bad. <laughs> uh, the the other movie we had watched, what was it, Cyber Stalker Two? Cyber Tracker, Cyber oh, Tracker, Tracker two. two. I wish it had been more ridiculous like this because right? there were this several is... scenes in this that were like that that were just made no sense. But you know, they just put them in there for entertainment value, I guess. Uh, it what, didn't take things... itself too seriously. That's the best that... kind of movie. Yeah, well, maybe it did, but it was just too stupid to know better. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway, what did y'all think? I I enjoyed it just for its ludicrous nature. So, let let me ask you, Mm -hmm. um, was this better or worse than, you know, the ultimate goalpost? Universal Soldiers? No, 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 no. Gunhead? Well, this was actually a real movie, though. This is, like has production and stuff oh, like okay, that. Okay. It may not have been very high. They production. paid their cameraman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they actually had 
you know, several people doing different jobs instead of one person doing everything. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed it just because it was fun and it was funny and it was, but it was unintentionally funny, I think is what I, so I like movies like that, that don't try to wink, wink at the camera and just to be stupid, but are sincere, but they're just so dumb, you know, and it did have a lot more action than Cybertracker 2, as far as Don the Dragon Wilson fighting. Actual fighting. No, actual hold on fighting. a second. Hold on a second. I want, that's okay. something I wanted to touch on. A lot of the movies nowadays do the exact opposite of what the, this movie does. So this movie had action in it. But it was super slow. Like, how many times can we slowly watch the dominatrix woman spinning this kick in a circle? Like, yeah. each time she did it, it was like a full rotation of like a minute. And then they do it again. Nowadays, they well, kind of well, speed that up. Was she wearing a skimpy like outfit? Action. This is super slow action. Was she I'm wearing a skimpy outfit? You. Well, yeah, she was wearing a dom- leather is. dominatrix outfit. Okay, that, then was, that, was that was the was point. All... It wasn't the fight. But that no, it was ever, all the action. It was guy on. It was it was it was all the guy. It was everybody. The, all the action in the well, movie. You don't like, like even watching Don in slow mo. Well, the beginning of the movie is him in the game, and then every single fight in the game was like the whole beginning scene was like twenty minutes long of just super slow fighting. And now oh these fight fight scenes are, fight. are the same. It's the same fight scene, but they speed it up so it looks like fast paced action, super cool. I this am was so glad I super this. slow. And <laughs> re- re- remember super the bad guys who came slow. from behind the obstacles I in the car garage. How, how he, he, he pops into the car garage in the beginning of the movie, right? Yeah. Uh, I think it was like level four. And he's looking around like, where could they be? But there's like <laughs> only two objects in the garage. Like it's very <laughs> wide open. Yes. There's a big box and then a couple of drums over there. And then they just sort of pop out from behind like, ha ha, bet you didn't know I was here, did you? <laughs> I would have never guessed. The, 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 the thing, two guys the, in le- leotards doing little flips and stuff. Oh. And the thing is, it's like the... <laughs> They didn't even, you could have at least gotten somebody with some definition or muscle tone to be like the bad guy. It was just like some chubby guy they just found in a bar off a bar stool and they put him in some kind of weird ninja outfit. I think his name was Dad. (laughs) Yeah, he definitely had a dad bod. (laughs) But yeah, there was was about a million things you could point out in this movie that... Uh, we're not very professional, I would think. Now, I now, one one other one I want to point out really quickly is in that same scene in the garage. You realize when they defeated those guys, they turned into snot. <laughs> <laughs> plasma. It's called plasma. Yeah. Oh, that was the thing to kill to well outside of the game to kill these people. You needed five hundred p- psi. PSI. Again, uh, against their in stomach a, or something, or in, a, in a in one spot. Yeah, I think that's all it was. So well, now, no, that only worked if they had that ring thing on their neck, though. No, the, no. the five hundred psi. Because remember uh, the dominated tricks girl? He like hit her twice or something in the same spot, and then it hit the the five hundred psi. And that's how she exploded on the wall. Right. Yet, yet that's how he killed him. Dante too. He jumped on him when he was on the ground. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, but but the thing is, when they first explained it. He demonstrated his ability to affect her by placing the collar around his ne- her neck and gave the remote over to the other guy, and he he had to use the remote to affect her. 
Well, yeah, I think it went a killer. Yeah, so the the collar. Yeah, there was something else that they said where like the electricity from that was supposed to slowly degrade at them or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's why cause pain, or it could eliminate them, or something like that. Yeah, Yeah. depending Uh, on the. But that's that's what confused me why like they didn't like they didn't use electricity because he uh, she was tased and I I was like wouldn't that have killed her? Yeah, but but, you call that a taser? You mean that that starlight he was firing from his yes. magic wand St- yeah. oh yeah that's right i <laughs> forgot about Trek that phase uh, phaser set to stun type situation there when did this turn into harry potter <laughs> and they did have laser guns in this too which is yes. kind of cool like Love they that, had it like in the that. last movie for 10 seconds at the beginning of the movie the, yeah yes yeah they had these tape oh and then how corny was that when he was like this acting scene of his partner's wife when he has to tell her that his oh yeah her her husband died oh yeah that was bad. oh man that was one of the worst performances dog <laughs> has so even, much emotional range. Here, then, then yeah. there's always the possibility he's still just in a bar somewhere <laughs> uh, i was cringing the whole oh. time watching her i, f- I actually <laughs> felt embarrassed for her watching that scene I was like, holy cow <laughs> Why would they make you do that? Why couldn't you just be <laughs> naked with your mouth shut or something? You know, at least you wouldn't have embarrassed yourself. Check, please. <laughs> Which, speaking of that, we did have boobies in this movie. Oh, uh, the gratuitous nudity. Yeah, in this, I guess the sex simulation. That was funny, though. That wife and husband couple that went to. Yeah. Uh, what, what, uh, what was the point of that scene? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, just, yeah. just like to five. show you, I guess. <laughs> hey, hey, make sure you stop me at level five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he wanted to give that him whole... like all day pass or something. They said, no, just or a two or a weekend pass or something. Hey, no, like no, that. the everything pass. I took yeah. notes on that part. In the beginning, I was taking <laughs> yeah. notes. Like, you, you can't be serious. <laughs> but so do you think this technology of will be real one day where they'll have like total virtual immersion where you feel like you're actually in a place. It would it's have already, to be some it's kind already of, real. But it, I mean, it would have to be some kind of brain interface, right? So it doesn't yeah. feel like you're just looking at a screen or something. Yeah. When, when it could be, I was just going to say when I, when, I think whenever they can actually interface with the same parts of your brain that intake sensory data, like touch. Yeah. Smell, that's what sight, I was thinking. Right. Yeah, I think when when you can do that, you can essentially make it real because all of that is just electrical impulses anyway. Right. You know? I wonder, see, because what is that that Musk is developing that neural link or something? Yeah. Like, what is that even for? I, I'm not sure. But well, we we, we just saw what it's X, for. That's what it's for. <laughs> that's what it's for. <laughs> it's to practice your fighting skills and to have sex with dominating bimbos. It's <laughs> when you're when you're in your that's what the internet's sleep. for. Yeah. It's it's when you're in your cryosleep chamber on your way to Mars. It gives mm-hmm. you something to do. That's it. The Neuralink. Where where they went wrong is uh you see what what they didn't tell you is that all those programs that left the game were actually flat packs and someone forgot to set the proper <laughs> permissions and that's why the data between the fighting packs and the and the, the sex packs got kind of mixed up. Yeah, they all had root permission which screwed them up. Should have yeah. done that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what happened. They should have used snaps. And, <laughs> and what was that gibberish that was on his the scientist's computer? Oh screen my god! Just, like is he? Try, I, I could. It wasn't even. It wasn't Matrix or, style. Listen, no, 
that was just polka dot nonsense. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't any kind of commands or something. It was just random letters and numbers all bunched oh, together yeah. with like one word that says access security or something. And it's just like that's not even I don't know what that is. So how how is it that the same year that Virtuosity came out that this came out? So this had uh, people the, the so they accessed these things through something that like spun them all around like what what, what do they call that the the G Forest testers or whatever? That's what it looks like. Yeah. At least Virtuosity, you were in something that that suspended you off Have the air, where you actually had to do like movement. It actually looked like something that you would actually do do to go into a VR. Right. Right. The, and then the, they actually had stuff that looks like code and like somebody actually programming and with like real computers and something that was at least mildly believable. And this, which is just not even which, which allowed you to suspend disbelief. <laughs> right. Well, well, it's, it's two different audiences. One was made because they know that there are real technical people out there. And the other one was like, eh, everybody else w- was made for the people that wanted to see Don Dragon Wilson, you know, kick ass. Mm hmm. And 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 breasts, you know, right? And, and, and you know, gratuitous nudity. Now, I watched this partly on Tubi and partly on YouTube, and the comments on YouTube I thought would be funny, but these people genuinely love this movie. <laughs> yeah, like, wow! I can't believe you have this movie. It's one of my favorites. How could this fucking movie be your favorite movie? That's crazy. <laughs> How is that even possible? You know, <laughs> because when they were a kid, they only had the one VHS. <laughs> That's it. That's like totally that. it, right there. Yeah. It's oh so no, good. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Because remember the other reason why they had to wear the collar, so that the women won't learn. Um, oh, I forgot about yeah. that. You're right. Yeah. You can't. You can't give women access to information. They'll right. ru- ru- take over the entire world. So you put the collar on them and restrict their ability to learn. You zap I'm them. liking this idea. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Joe slowly. That's actually not yeah. even headphones he's making. That's a freaking collar he's going to put on his. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's Jackie's collar. Ah, I see what you're doing, Joe. You devious son of a gun, you. So you guys Just have figured mentioned... it out now. <laughs> yeah. You guys have mentioned Don Wilson before, and so I took the opportunity while you guys were talking about the beginning of the movie to go out and find out more about him. I didn't realize he was actually a very accomplished kickboxer. Oh, yeah. He's a champion. He's a martial artist that broke into acting. Well, apparently not. (laughs) Well, okay. That pretended he was an actor. He just didn't Mm -hmm. do it very well. Yeah. Yeah, that was someone who was like, we'll make you a star, son. You know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he made Arnie a million of these movies. But look Listen, at people, look at like Arnold's first movie. They didn't even let him talk. They dubbed him in Hercules, right? Hercules and Hercules. Yeah. Her- Hercules in New York. But, Except, but he, had, he had the screen presence and say what you will, like he actually did. I he think does, he, he does have charisma. You're right. He does. And, Don, and, I, and Jack, I think he actually worked really hard at the acting and the, the language part of it, even though it doesn't sound like it. Yeah. Uh, no, whereas, whereas Don Wilson, I think, was just like, he just walked on the set. <laughs> and they were like... He literally oh. read his lines out loud, mm-hmm. and that yeah. was it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. Now do a spin kick, Don. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's there right. just to do moves. Put which on is, these spankies I mean, and do a spin kick. Uh, show your abs. <laughs> but that's what was so disappointing about uh, the last movie we watched is he didn't hardly do any 
uh, fighting. It was like, why is he even in this freaking movie? You know, <laughs> it's definitely that was his acting. All, this, all so, this crap we're talking about, Don. He's going to show up at one of our houses. And he's going to be the ass shit out of us. <laughs> he was. He's, he's going to show up at, Dan, at Danny's house and just spin kick him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next so, time you so see me, I just have a boot print on my face. Watch. Yeah. <laughs> How old is he now? He's got to be like. He's got to be like seventy. Oh, I'm sure he. Oh, you know what? My ass. Exactly. He probably still kick my ass. Yeah. Right. It's going to be a ultra slow spin kick too it's going to yeah, take two yeah, minutes right. to complete the full <laughs> spin <laughs> it's like you're going to be able to step to the side and look at it <laughs> you're going to forget that he was spin kicking you and that's why you get hit <laughs> yeah I'm just like looking at my cat and... no, no, <laughs> wait how old is he somebody somebody, look it up real quick alright let me look it up let's see Don Wilson well I hold that spin kick for a moment Don let me check my email he was born in 1954 and that makes him what? Almost seventy. Yeah, almost 69. 70, 69. Yeah. 69. Yeah. Wow, sixty-nine years old. They hey, have, you know what? Or, he might be in good shape still. I bet he. I'm sure he is. Yeah, I, sure I he doubt is. he stopped taking care of himself at some point. No. Yeah, he may be still making movies. Who knows? I doubt it. You don't think so? Was that what, him in um, direct to John Wick? As what? <laughs> really? Oh, one of the guys oh, doing Man in the, the guy? No, no, the guy no, that you... was like the at the sushi shop that was. Yeah. Uh... Do you know who that is? Is that Don? No. Do you know where I've seen him? Some Iron kind of... Chef, Iron Chef America. He was the the like the nephew of the Iron Chef Japan guy, and he, well, I he's, mean, all, he's only he's a martial actor. artist. I know. No, no, no. I know that, but f- he was on the show. And it was always just like a joke because, you know, he he would introduce the, the show. And Iron Chef was all campy anyway. Like the whole point is that it was just silly. But, like, he was uh, the American cousin of the guy from Japan. And it turns out I watched – I just watched John Wick last week. And I was like, you've got to be shitting me. He's the bad guy? What's his that name? That can't be. And he well, – yeah, he's like a total martial artist. Out of, and he was actually a reasonably he's, good he's actor. He's got to be 65, 70 years old, though. No. Yeah. No. He's in his 40s. Come on. No, he's not. He's been acting yes, he... since I was a kid. Okay. What's his uh, name? Who? Look it up. Don Wilson's last acting role was in 2022, a movie called Lockhart Into the Past. Oh. He's shaking. Was he spin-kicking in that, too? <laughs> well <laughs> – it's called Lockhart, and the director and writer's name is David Lockhart, which is kind of a weird scene. <laughs> you just name a movie after yourself. But, uh, yeah. Hmm, strange. But he's still with it. Okay, so that? yeah. The show is presented by a successor to the original Iron Chef as opposed to being a remake. The chairman is portrayed by the actor and martial artist Mark Dacoscus. D-A-S, D-A-C-O, oh, Jesus, D-A-C-A-S-C-O-S. Um, and he is, oh, you're right, 59. Holy shit. He kicked Who, ass for being in his 50s. Right? Who was that? Damn. Mark, he was older. Mark Dacoscos, D-A-C-A-S-C-O-S. What movies do I remember him from? I'm trying, because his face is extremely familiar. I know I've seen him in martial arts movies, but I can't think of the martial Damn, arts movies. He was in his mid-50s or late-50s in that movie? He was kicking he's ass. In, he's in killer shape. He's it's cut. not like Keanu was a kid. Oh, that's true. He looks he looks younger than Keanu. 
J- Joe, I, I gotta ask, uh, you got ventilation over there? I'm in my kitchen. It's well, huge. No. <laughs> he likes to smell it all up. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm you looking didn't bring at Kirby it. I'm... With you? Huh? I said you didn't bring your Kirby with you? Yeah, I did not. Where's your I, Kirby? Did not. <sighs> I had to take the fan out of it to, to use on my 3D printer. Hmm. It was a 3D printer fan that I put in there, so it worked um, out. His breakout role was 1993 film Only the Strong, in which he played Lewis, a capoeira master. Oh, yes! I loved that movie. He takes the high school's potential failures and turns their lives around by teaching them the Brazilian martial art. Right, and he was a veteran. Now, I loved on, that movie. On Don the Dragon Wilson's IMD page, there, the trailer is for a movie called Death Fighter from 2017, and it looks awesome. I mean, like, I'm I'm not saying that ironically. It just, the action looks badass. And it has a lot of old school action people in it, too. Cynthia Rothrock. So, put that on your watch list. Anyway, we need to do, pick the next movie. Oh, we need to rate this one. I give it a rousing thumbs up. Just like everybody else, right? You all loved it? <laughs> you would. Yeah. So, okay. Well, so that's one thumbs up. Anybody else? Honky, I can't see your hand. It's doing something weird. It's <laughs> it's like pointing down it's a, or something. It's, it's a it's a it's a big old thumbs down. <laughs> from He's actually upside the down. End, I was just really hoping it would it would be over. I actually like Cyber Tracker two more than I like this movie. Really? Yes. Ooh, ouch. It, well, Cyber it was, two was what about, was what about Universal Soldiers? Definitely. Uh, oh, I couldn't even finish Universal Soldiers. So that's know. that's that that's definitely awful. above that. Gunhead. Yeah. Um, it's still above Gunhead, but it's like. It was in English, so it's better than Gunhead. I could tell what was going on in this movie, whether it was crap or not, so it's got to be above Gunhead. Yeah, yeah, definitely above Gunhead. But Th- this uh, movie made me question the people I'm hanging out with. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a thumbs up from you too, Scotty? All right. <laughs> Morrissey, did you get a chance to watch it? Yes, I fell asleep a couple times. Oh, come on. Come on. So I'm going to give it a thumbs down in the hopes that Scotty will will watch uh, uh, Psycho Gorman. Right? Psycho Gorman. That is a cool movie. It is a really good movie. I was surprised at how good it was. Scotty, how do you rate this movie? Scotty, how do you rate this Tell you want to give it a thumbs up. (laughs) Thumbs down. I I can't do it. I I can't make anyone else subject to that. Did you watch it, Eric? You didn't have no, I, I I wasn't aware that that was the. Uh, but I'm just looking up Psycho Gorman now, and I'm Psycho Gorman is awesome. Love is that on YouTube you there? as well? Is that on YouTube there? as well? I waited for it for to be watched on the show forever. I anticipated it coming out and it great. waited and waited great. and waited to watch it until we watched it together because that was the criteria for putting it on the list. Yeah, and then later Danny yeah. said that you can put it on the list. And then watch it. <laughs> That's right. As long as you haven't seen it before. As long as you haven't seen it before. When you so put it on yeah. the list. When you put. Yeah. Is that the next one? Is it on? Is it? No, uh, no, on no, YouTube? no. We've seen that already. Yeah. It's, it's a good movie. You it's, should it's check, it out, you check it out, Scotty. Check it out, Scotty. Yeah. We need, if you can't we need find it, it's on my Plex. I have okay. found so many treasures there. I must say. YouTube. Or my no. Plex. Your Plex. <laughs> I have seriously. I found some really fun stuff there. All right. If you want any recommendations, uh, I can look through my stuff. 
to be fair, I have not watched everything on my Plex. Uh, that would be uh, impossible. That would be impossible. <laughs> if, mm, no, no, I have seen tons of movies. Um, uh, but uh, no, it would be impossible yeah, for no, you to watch everything on your Plex. Watch everything on your Plex, <laughs> unless you were watching no, it like six acts. Considering your age well, considering and the amount age. of time that there, the, you know, is, is available. How many hours you get on there, Mornsey? How many hours of uh, video do you thousands. have on your Plex? Thousands. Oh, your Plex. Thousands. I think there's. I think there's twenty six hundred movies. Um, oh and How many terabytes? Of How many terabytes? Terabytes. Um, I do mostly. Uh, We're talking petabytes. We're talking petabytes here. No, 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 no. It's. Uh, <laughs> um, I think. Fifteen to twenty, maybe. You have a Closer large collection. Eighty, I assume. Yeah. You have, you have a large collection of very interesting uh, movies. They're eclectic. Yeah. I always tell people when they talk about music and movies, and uh, I always tell people I like the good stuff. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> uh, I, I want to say indie films, but like they're they're very they're very uh, interesting movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't categorically say they're all over the place. Yeah. They're all yeah. over the place. Yeah, they're, they're all. all the, yeah, that's the majority fun. of them are really good. I agree. That's what's fun. I'm not they're, arguing with that at all. Or I haven't seen them yet. <laughs> yeah. No, a lot of them are, are definitely interesting stuff that like I've sort of peripherally heard of, but never actually sat and saw like the, all of the titles in front of me. So yeah, there's so, and like yeah, you said, Joe, there's more stuff on there than I could ever possibly watch. So <laughs> you ready for the yeah, next movie? All right. Hang on a second. This must have been a new edition. The Artifice Girl. The what girl? Artifice Artifice Girl. A team of special agents. I believe that was a new movie. Is it? Okay. A team of special agents discovers a revolutionary new computer program to bait and trap online predators. After teaming up with the program's troubled developer, they soon find that the AI is rapidly advancing beyond its original purpose. Hmm. I think I might have added that to the movie list. Okay. Um, I haven't watched it. The artifice. It sounds interesting. It sounds like a war game almost with the AI going out of control. Is this right? It sounds like the new war games movie that we watched. Yeah, the dead code. Dead code, yeah. Where it's got the video game trying to capture people for uh, uh, possible terrorists. Let's see. Oh, it's on Tubi. How about is that? it? Yeah, it came out in twenty twenty two. It's already on Tubi. That yeah. tells you it was quality. Mm, makes it easier to watch. Makes it easier to watch. I don't think it was promoted at all. I'll put the link in the show notes. Which, by the way, Joe pointed out something interesting uh if we wanted to increase the movie list is if you just search virtual on tubi oh i did yeah there's like <laughs> so many movies on there that have the word virtual in it that you could add to the list so oh, yeah I did. that's that's not necessarily a good thing <laughs> oh well. i did <laughs> in, including i think there were several that started with virtual and had don the dragon wilson in it Oh, well, there you go. That's quality. Guaranteed some... banger right there. 
Do you guys somehow block ads on Tubi, or do you just deal with it? Uh, I use my it. system-wide ad blocker. Yeah, if I, if, if I had, which I, I was meaning to do is to install Pi-hole again. I should have done that. But if I had that, it would block them. Okay. So I know when I watch it in the browser, uh, you block blocks ads on Tubi, but not on my smart TV because I don't I don't have a DNS blocker like Pi-hole. Gotcha. Yeah, I but don't it think should. My hole, but it should. I don't think my Pi-hole has been blocking ads on Tubi. Really? Oh, well, how does you block Notat block them? I wonder. Well, Tubi asked me to turn off you block. Really? Yeah. It doesn't. It didn't ask me that. Huh. Did, are you uh, saving your browser sessions, or are you using um, uh, what's it called, like a always private mode or whatever it is? No, I'm not. I, well, you use Chrome too, right, Joe? I'm using Firefox. Maybe that has yeah, something to do with it. Maybe. Maybe I should switch away since Chrome is in, enabling, all, well, you know, enacting all of those rules to prevent you from using ad blockers. Right. I kind of want to switch away. That's right. So, Joe, what have you been doing to these things the um, whole time? Converting them. <clears throat> okay. Convert all of my headphones to MMCX, all of my neckband headphones to MMCX. So that way I can use high quality earbuds on them. And these are the Shure SE215s. These particular okay. ones, but I also have um, another style over here. That's a little bit more generic. Just no. also, also they're they're MMCX, and I'll show you that connector. This is an MMCX connector. That's what I was just about to ask you. Okay, and it's just a modular headphone system um, that I really like and that I've been using for a long time, and. These things, as I wear them, they break. They, you know, the like these hadn't been modded before, but they had been fixed before. So, like this thin little cable on this speaker end that was the original one will just break in the middle, and then I would shorten it, and then it would break in the middle, and then I eventually just said to heck with it and replaced them all with MMCX. So, um, but eventually, even doing that, the plastic around the the mounts event. Mm -hmm mounts like right there and the screw holes will will break and snap and so you know i end up running through them and it's getting harder and harder to find these lg hbs's of basically any type even broken ones for decent prices i used to be able to get them for like five bucks a piece in lots of like 10 yeah yeah and actually that's interesting that you mentioned that and then also when we were talking about the sansas and people but being bummed out about not being able to keep using them or finding them and it is that sort of you know the obsolescence of things um from a hardware perspective in a lot of cases the batteries fail or um i don't know are there well, any have there been more like audio formats that a sansa couldn't play because it doesn't have the right no like, not really i mean decoder? mp3 has been mp3 for forever okay okay i mean um but yeah, so a Sansa could work. It's just they; those things also ended up falling apart. I mean, seriously, you have to, to the, take the it screens... apart to replace the battery, right? It, I mean, yes. I think... Well, uh, mm. well, yes, of course. But that that is not the easiest thing to take apart because of all the extreme amount clips. of plastic yeah. clips. Right. Yeah, like this, um, the the screws. Even if you break the plastic clips, will hold it together. Okay. Ask me how I know. Yeah. Well, so you've sort of standardized on this 
this, well, not standardized, but you prefer this because it is repairable. Um, I can even replace the batteries, and I have. And I found um, batteries that you can get online and and replace because obviously batteries don't last forever. But um, the... um, I, I've replaced the connectors before, but the ones that I have a lot of trouble with that probably I shouldn't is the switch. The on and off switch will go out. And that one I have a lot of trouble replacing. But yeah. So you're saying though that those are becoming more difficult to find, especially at a reasonable price. Even used and broken. Yeah. So uh, I want to know, what do you think about those uh, open ear bone conducting style headphones? I've used them. Um, especially the earlier ones, the aftershock ones. And, yeah. and, you know, you can hear them. They do sound good. But I have my concerns when using them because, to me, it always feels like, you know, the sound is coming out of my ears. And I don't want other people to, to – I, I don't want to annoy other people with what I'm listening to. And it feels like that's what I'm doing. I don't know if that's actually the case because I've never asked anybody. But um, while it is a good idea, especially for someone like my daughter who's hard of hearing – um, I, I, I like them, but I'm not going to use them. I, I like them and I recommend them. Um, the Aftershocks brand is the one that I prefer. I've tried Aftershocks some of Aftershocks has been doing it the longest. Yeah. I've, I've tried some of, uh, the other ones like on, uh, the Walmart brand or whatever that, that they've made. They use the same design, you know, and, and it, they look great and they feel great. The price is much better than an Aftershock. However, the software behind them night and day difference the walmart on brand when it comes to measuring your audio uh values how you could go from like say from a 10 percent to 100 percent on audio value with the walmart one at least the copy that i had it was like only three values that you had like 40 60 and 100 or something like that so you you just could not really change the volume and then there's different types of volume for um like when you're changing uh, settings and things of that nature. So if you were to pause and play, there would be a little beep to remind you that you've activated a function before the actual uh, content begins playing. And that beep sound was incredibly loud. Like if you were already hard of hearing, that would just kill the rest of your hearing. Yeah. So um, have you noticed any like sound leakage or anything like that? Uh, no, I was worried about that for some things because some I listen to a lot of podcasts and audiobooks, right. and some of the audiobooks, some of the audiobooks I listen to have mature content in them, and I don't want my daughter. Um, uh, well, matter of fact, one I think Morton C uh, recommended to me uh, the other day from the uh, uh, New Year show uh, was a Critical Role. Oh yeah. yeah. It's a p- podcast. Uh, no, it's podcast. A, no, that uh, wasn't Mordency. That Oops. wasn't Mordency. That wasn't Mordency. Oh, no, that was Lovecraft. Lovecraft recommended that to me. I, I forgot. I'm sorry. Um, so we, I was listening to Critical Role and, you know, sometimes there's just, you know, words I don't want my daughter hearing and people around me cannot hear it. Now, of course, you can, like with anything else, crank it all the way up and then like take it off of your head and place it next to your head and see if you can hear the sound coming from it. And it's more of a buzz than a sound for those right. in the uh, immediate area of your headphones. And even then they would be so comfortable. They, they would be so uncomfortable on you at that higher volume because it's vibrations. You probably couldn't listen to it. 
Okay, okay. Well, I'm willing to give them another try again. I do like the technology. I've always enjoyed the idea behind the technology. But um, I, I just, I haven't owned one since like the first generation of wired aftershocks. And oh, the wired versions. Yeah, that would have been like 14, 15 years ago. No, I, I never owned those. Uh, the last pair I had, well, before this pair, still used the uh, micro USB charger on them. They they changed to this proprietary charging thing now, which I really didn't like. But yeah. the quality that you get from them is just, I mean, they're, they're really good. The battery, I don't know how long um, from start to stop. I think it's like well over eight hours playtime. So you can just listen to them all day long. They're super comfortable. Yeah. That's why I that's why I like the LG, the neckband style. And basically the aftershocks are the same format, just a different speaker. But yeah, that super long battery life. Yeah. And stable and that, connection. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. There there have been plenty of times where I've just left my phone in the house, walked outside to the car, and then it finally started skipping, and that's when I realized like, oh wait, I don't actually have my phone on me. And you know, it's like, man, that that connection that they have is is really good. It's it's a plus and a minus for that reason. You can accidentally walk away from your phone. Yeah, but at least it eventually tells you, hey, you left your phone behind. Yeah. Another reason I like using Bluetooth like this. I enjoy them and I recommend them for all of those reasons. Uh, the newer ones as well, they've made the body because with the, with the older ones, they had like a little. Um, I don't know if what do you want to call them holes or ear holes or whatever it was uh, on the part that connects to the side of your face. And obviously, when you're wearing headphones for hours and hours, a little buildup gets in there and it looks gross. You know what I mean? So they in the newer designs, that's no longer there because it's all vibration. You don't need to have a a hole there. So uh, the, the newer ones are more hygienic, I would say. Another thing I'll point out about the uh, Walmart ones, and this may just be me and my brain after watching anime, but with the Walmart one, the on brand, the charging port was actually on the inside of the uh, band Ugh. that connects to your head. So that little, con you know, like that little uh, copper conductor part is actually like touching your skin. And the one thing I kept thinking about is if you've ever seen SAO, uh, Sword Art Online or whatever, or any of those isekai uh, manga or, or uh, anime shows where basically you get sucked into a video game, right? Uh, in, in this particular show, they wore this virtual reality headband and the creator of the headband programmed it to trick them. They think it's a video game, but ultimately they got actually transported into the video game. And I kept thinking, wearing this thing, like, you know, one day I'm going to fall asleep wearing it, and it's, it's going to zap my brain. Because <laughs> you, know, you get Doctor medical... Who, Cyberman? Yeah, right? Oh, no, oh, man. But, yeah, that that's one of the other things to think about whenever you're choosing, and where's the port located on them? Now, with the bone-conducting headphones, uh, are they water-resistant? They're sealed, so they should be. Yeah, yes and no. Because where, where are you going to find your problem? A little water getting on them, sweat, anything like that, you're fine. But if you ever use the buttons on them when water is going across them, eventually you're going to notice a problem. Oh, because water will seep in where the buttons are? 
That's my guess. And it could have also been because the last pair I had, I literally had them for years. So there's, you know, I'm, I'm assuming they just wore down over the years. Right. And I would not necessarily call that a bad thing because I put them through hell. I, I've dropped them, uh, stepped on them, rolled over them on my chair. You know, it, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's they've they've stood the test of time and they were well worth it. So I, you know, I tried to knock off ones thinking, yeah, I, I really can't afford to spend 80 bucks on a new pair. But after experiencing the knockoff, I was like, no, I, I, I have to go back and get what I'm used to. And if they do last that long, then, you know, that's a decent investment. But the only reason these LGs last that long is because I fixed them. All right. <laughs> no, these thin little cables that they have on the stock speakers are complete and total garbage. Now, are those are those actual sleeved cables, or is that like that resin dripped uh, on wire kind of cable? No, these are sleeved, and then they're on the, on the wire itself. They have the, the coating, so there's a sleeve, and then there's a coating. Okay. But that's almost all speaker wire going to have that coating. I assume that's what you're talking about anyway. Yes. I'm afraid to mess with any kind of soldering, though. I see you doing it, and it looks super interesting. Um, Archer was trying to get me to get into it. He bought the, uh, was it the pine soldering pine iron? Pine yeah. right here. Oh, there you go. Did you get the arm one or the regular one? Um, well, the new one is, uh, risk. And so this is the, old. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The, the risk. I'm sorry. I, I got it wrong there. This is the old one from when it first came out. How are you liking it? I love it. I use it all the time. USB C. Now, the, another thing I was looking at, you seen, uh, pines charger, that new charging block that they got a uh, new one. Um, no, I have not. I've seen, if you're talking about the Pine Power, I've seen that yes. one. I had that one, and it lasted me a couple of years, and it died. I have no complaints because it did last a good long time, and I was using it with this pretty consistently. So, you know, I was putting a lot of power through it before it died. I'm interested in getting one, and here, the, the main reason why I wanted to get one is at the time when I was more interested in the Raspberry Pi devices, that one device could output enough power to support multiple Pis. Yep. And that's, that's the reason why I wanted to get it. And because it was, you know, from an open source vendor or whatever, I was like, I'm going to go ahead and support them, get this device, but I want to speak to some people who've actually owned one. Yeah. It, like I said, it, I thought it worked great. It did eventually die, but you know, all electronics do, but it was a couple of years before it died and it did really well with, um, um, charging my, uh, high power tablets it did really well with running the pine cell um it charged other devices just fine all that jazz and then um I i'm going to segue here and poorly but i wanted to get back to this real quick like i'm going to take these these are all the the drivers that i took off today and i'm going to take them apart and i'm going to make my own uh casings for them and then they will be um mmcx as well and they'll sound better with a larger uh casing on them no, we we talking uh, 3D printed casing or yes, 3D printed casing and um, MMCN X connections that I, I bought from Amazon. Joe, do you have a use for my new or for my old uh, bench power supply? Could you use this? Does it work? Yeah, it's it's great. It's an old HP, yeah. but it, I mean, I mean it's I heavy mean, duty. But I, I I I'm 
I've gotten into the year 2000 now, so I don't really need something like that. I've used this for years. It's if awesome. it'll output 5 volts and it'll output 12 volts, of course. Th- then that's perfect. I mean, for most of the stuff that I do, yeah, that that's perfect. You know, So it lets me test when a battery's bad and things like that. I would love it. Yeah, it's variable. So it's 0 to 20 volts and 0 to 3 amps. That's perfect. Yeah, I'll give it to you. I was awesome. thinking what I need to do with it, and it's already got this. Is what I usually use, just alligator clips, and I'll put them on probes if I need to do something like that for breadboard. Perfect. But I got plenty yeah, of probes. I have to meet up with you by. soon. I'll meet up with you sometime. Give it to you. Next put time it. we're uh, playing swords. Yeah, next time we're docking. <laughs> uh, bring it to you. Well, anything else you guys want to talk about? It's getting late for honky, I know. He's talking, but nothing's coming out. Oh, it's better that way. <laughs> I have to unmute myself. Is there anything on the Lemmy you uh, thought was interesting? Uh, well, do you guys remember this guy named uh, Hans Reiser? Yes, uh, uh, Reiser. Uh, <laughs> Reiser FS. Yeah, I yes. thought I'd, I, yeah. I, 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 did, I did. Didn't he? Didn't he kill his girlfriend or something? Well, he killed his ex-wife. Well, he killed his ex-wife. Ex-wife. Buried her body and denied everything, and then they had him dead to rights. I think by DNA and blood they found and stuff. And so somebody contacted him in prison and told him that. Well, I think we shared the story before about about five months ago that you know Riser FS is being deprecated in Linux kernel, and uh, so somebody somebody <laughs> wrote him a letter to tell him that. And uh, he had a pretty pretty interesting re- response. I won't read the whole thing, but I'll I'll post a link in the show notes. And if somebody uh, somebody wants to look through it, um, it's interesting. Uh, let's see, it's in the LKML. Uh, he didn't write to the LKML, but somebody transcribed his his handwritten letters. And he gives a story of uh, of um, how he developed Riser FS and yeah, just a bunch of different stuff of how he's you know sorry for what he did. And if you guys have ever read his Wikipedia, it's pretty interesting, especially about the whole trial and stuff like that. And it was a big deal. And they also made a movie about it. And who who played? Hans, I forgot. There we go. Okay. Uh, Alan movie? Rickman. No, not Alan Rickman. <laughs> uh, it was a oh, it was a series. It was called uh, Die Hard. Uh, no, not Die Hard. Uh, I just read about it today. Wait, so they they made a movie about a guy who wrote file systems? Well, he didn't. Oh, it's called. It's called. He, it was a he movie also called, made file systems, but the 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 point was he <laughs> murdered his wife. It's uh, it's called the Adderall Diaries, and Hans Reiser was played by none other than Christian Slater. Came out in two six twenty sixteen. So he just he just talks about how. In the, in this recent communic- communicado, talks about how he made the uh, 
uh, file system and working with the Russian programmers and stuff like that, and then just different stuff. It, it's it's interesting. It's kind of weird that he's a murderer and he's has a, a giant ten-page or fifteen-page letter on the Colonel mailing list. So mailing list. So. Add it, add it, add it to our movie list. I should. That is a good oh, no. recommendation. The Adderall Diaries, 2016. It's definitely Linux related. There was uh, someone in Columbus. There was a Linux person who'd writ- written an encrypted file system for uh, secure securing your file system on Android. Um, and he, um, I remember his face. Uh, I can't remember his name. But I think he killed his girlfriend and burned her house down. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> what is yeah. it about file systems about... that make people do that? <laughs> are they that frustrating they that to program? <laughs> no. They're she, that she, frustrating she, to she, use. She disconnected the internet. Yeah. She overrode She was one backups. of those people that, you know, when you were playing your Xbox would just randomly come up and turn it off, except she did it with his computer <laughs> right after computer, he got that right file after. system perfectly programmed. Perfectly programmed. She typed oh. in his password wrong three times trying to get in his phone <laughs> yeah, and wiped it. Wiped it. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. She, she unplugged his PC during an update. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm adding it to the movie list. So anyway, that's out there. It's too long to like go over and talk about, but it's people that are listening now. You should check out the link. Uh, it'll be in the show notes. It'll be on the YouTube description, stuff like that. So nothing of note really, unless there's uh, we got some feedback from YouTube about the show. Um, Don't put it on YouTube anymore. No, uh, it's from our fans who are constantly adoring us. All three of them. Well, no, there's two of them, actually. Oh, my bad. (laughs) I overestimated. (laughs) Actually, uh, we have... Hang on. Let me me read the feedback first. Uh, Let's see. Why isn't it not in order? Um... So, just in case they happen to be listening, I will read their comments. First one, this was on the the uh, clip of Firefox is Dead, where we talked about the 2.2% market share. Uh, Belden2987 says, I switched to Firefox after they ruined Opera when they switched it to the Chrome engine and removed all the best things like bookmark management and some other stuff from it. I was, however, never a big fan from Chrome at the time, and so Firefox was the best I could get, and with some add-ons, like especially FWD Speed Dial, I could rebuild the mostly what I missed. I'm reading it word for word. So, Years later then, when Microsoft started with the Edge Chromium, I tested that, and as soon as all the add-ons I really needed, again, mainly from FWD Speed Dial, I, I think I looked that up before, I don't know, I forgot what it was, we're working on it, it switched to Edge. For a few years, I still had Firefox as a second browser for some special occasions, like birthdays and anniversaries and stuff like that. But at some point, I just used Google Chrome instead, since meanwhile, I was used to it from Edge. Uh, And Bars Monster said, feels good to be in the top 2%. 
uh. on, on Firefox since the beginning, both on desktop and mobile. I hope it stays this way. He was a Netscape navigator, man. Yeah. So that you can look at it that way. If you use Firefox, you're in the top two. 2.2% of browser users. Now, I, I, I'm going to guess that that's going to go up a bit in this next year. You're probably correct. Yeah. With Google shenanigans. I use an unsupported version of Firefox. And you, Eric, you use Focus, right? Or was that you, Scotty, that uses Focus? No, that was uh, Fatboy that uses Focus. It was talking about it on the last show. Uh, speaking of browsers, there's one more quick uh, link here in the Lemmy called Browse, B-R-O-W-S-H. It's a, uh, oh, that. a terminal browser. It's a fully modern tech-based browser. Let me put it in the show notes real quick. One of those ones that does the pictures and, and, and symbols and letters and stuff. Uh, yes. And it, but it's, 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 it's a little more modern, though. It's kind of cool. It, it can render anything that a modern browser can, HTML5, CSS3, JavaScript, video, and even WebGL. Its main purpose is to be run on a remote server and accessed via SSH, Mosh, or the in-browser HTML service in order to significantly reduce bandwidth and thus both increase browsing speeds and decrease bandwidth costs. Look. Look, if you want to play online games, um, you can still play Hello, MUDs. Sorry. You can still play MUDs. They're still out there, and they're low bandwidth, and they will look just like this. Uh, it's cool, though. Like, like it can... Or MUDs. I mean, the video renders video at one FPS, it looks like, in, uh, in ASCII. No, I, I need to, though. It's kind of cool. The they have, that, why, they have, why would you use it? Uh, <laughs> if you just want to be in a terminal and you still need a browser, but you also want to be able to render and use modern technology, low bandwidth, web technology, and also that low, low bandwidth. So, Okay. So my my understanding is whenever you're using the uh, terminal-based or the text-based browsers is because you want to avoid a lot of the JavaScript and things of that nature. You know, you, you, you want less pictures and things so you can get more text or information and you get the speed of loading without all of the cruft. So I think that is... Okay, if you'd like to see browse continue to help those with slow and or expensive internet, please consider donating. So I think Joe's right, mainly just for bandwidth reasons. And uh, it, it's they even go to like a web-based uh, like painting tool web application, and they're able to use that within Browse. Okay, so now uh, that's uh, that does sound very cool, and I, and I think it's wonderful. But have they heard? Have they ever heard of uh, Kiwix or Gopher or Lynx? Gopher's or, still around, or any of that. But uh, I, I guess they they wanted to be able to use the. The modern web technology, well, but just within a term. Like I said, Gopher is still around, and they have modernized, from what I understand. Well, I don't know. Just <laughs> check it out and look and see if you like it. If you don't like it, that's fine. Gopher is for everyone. Uh, if you're stuck in the 90s. Oh, and then a, a quick, just for <laughs> one more uh this is just real quick. Uh, what is the exact difference between a terminal, a shell, a TTY, and a console? 
so in Unix terminology, the shorter answer is terminal equals TTY equals text input output environment, console equals physical terminal, and shell equals command line interpreter. Hmm. There you go. What do you usually call it? I always just say my terminal. Y'all call no. it? I never say shell or anything like that. No, I say terminal, but usually if I refer to doing something in a terminal, I'll say like a command line or text-based shell or something like that. So right. it depends on whether I'm referring to the thing or the action that I would take in the thing, I guess. Or who I'm talking to. Well, I yeah, know. of course. Well, yeah, of course. I, I use the terminal, I'm in a shell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that how you describe it to people, though? When you, I just say, say just in yes. your terminal, type this. Did Linuxy shit? That's how you explain it. Well, it it sounds it sounds almost like that old. Is it GNU Linux? Is it GNU slash Linux? You know, it's, it sounds like we're getting overly complicated. I agree. I don't know. I think it's if a fair use, question, though. But I if never you use any of them, I'm, I'm going to know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That that's kind of what. And and you know what? I shouldn't make light of it because there have been some arguments that have made a lot of sense. However, I'm still just going to call it Linux. You know what I mean? Well, Linux. When you say TTY, I think of the. I think of Titty. <laughs> <laughs> well, after I've thought of Titty, I the next thought I have is uh, like on a Linux desktop. Switching to different TTYs. Like yes, that, I think that's of that what too. I think of. Yeah, like F1, F2, F3. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now they also have another answer. A terminal is at the end of an electric wire. A shell is the uh. home of a turtle. TTY <laughs> is a strange abbreviation, and a console is a kind of cabinet. But wow. when you there you go. <laughs> when you start talking about command line, um, I mean, I also get that 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 Windows glitch. I do too, and that's why I don't say command line. I do simply because it's usually what people understand. I am using a, a familiar term to other people that I don't yeah. necessarily consider accurate, but is the way they would describe it. Yeah. So. Well, there you go. That's all I got on here. Unless you guys see someone, something you want to talk about. I'm Recently, fading. I'm fading. Recently, as in the last day or two, Thailand has uh, discovered um, an estimated 14.8 million tons of lithium. I saw that in the, the news. Saw that in the, yeah. the third oh, largest rich. reserve oh, of lithium on the planet. Yeah, That's crazy. Wow. Where is it? Do you know? What part of the country? Um, two right locations in the southern right province. Uh, Fang Naga. Well, let's hope they don't skip well, out on the uh, protections while mining. Protections? Environmental, like protections. environmental protections yeah 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 <laughs> one of the things i worry about with it like i hear that uh we have this shortage or whatever and and especially when it comes to the electric uh electronic vehicles you make this car that's supposed to be able to run on electricity but the battery is so expensive you have to buy a new car versus replacing the battery not only that, but the process of creating the battery is extremely, extremely dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's like four cars worth of pollution just creating and the just battery, create, only to only put it to in a car that cannot be repaired, 
So you have to just get a new car, a new car because of the battery. I think that that's going to get better. I don't think it. I don't think it will well, always be like that. Yeah, I think that's only true though if they start to standardize things a little more. Right. Like if a if a battery right. is a battery, like in their modular, and you could just say, okay, exactly, to, to be a fourteen kilowatt, blah blah blah. Like you would put six of these together. Whatever this you know size, what I mean? like, this connector, it has exactly. to be this way. That way, right. you can replace your crap when it breaks without you know dying. Yeah, as long as we are. You know, beholden to the manufacturers individually, I think you're always going to have that level of because there are some people that just they keep a car for that long and then that's it. And um, people buy total cars, Teslas, just for the battery too, especially for like uh, home power and stuff. I've seen right. several videos on YouTube of people buying total Teslas just for the battery pack, so mm. that they can use it as backup powder for their home. Yeah. If you yeah. want standardization, you're going to have to pray to the EU. Yes, exactly. Because mm -hmm. once they enforce it, it doesn't matter if we enforce it here or not. All these companies want to be able to sell their stuff everywhere, so it'll happen everywhere. Mm -hmm. Well, there, I know there are definitely patents on on that because I, there was a an idea to have exchangeable battery packs, so that instead of waiting for a charge, you would pull up and then have a way to literally physically exchange. Swap swap the battery pack and then you could just go on your way um i know they had at least had some prototypes of it that i saw demonstrations of but i i don't think it ever got any further than that but it's nice that people put some amount of thought into that kind of stuff uh i mean i don't necessarily love the patent system but it's at least an incentive to well you're also seeing um hydrogen on the rise again because nobody thinks we'll be able to get the infrastructure heard, in for electric. i heard it's just so expensive because there's so few companies that provide the fuel that they can just screw people over and jack up the price well, no the price the process for making hydrogen is actually you know pretty damn simple Right, but it, it's, there it's are only putting, so many companies that do it. Is my point. Who who are you going to get? Who whose hands are you putting it into afterward? Okay, the byproduct is water. Yes, you can make a small explosion, or well, I guess if you put enough of it in one spot, you can make a large explosion. Hey, you ever heard of the Hindenburg? <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, but uh, gasoline is gasoline is every bit as reactive. Batteries go boom. Yes, and but, when they when tend to keep burning whenever they boot, go boom, <laughs> very yeah. very hot. Yeah, but you you can make your own hydrogen at home. Yeah, but could you make enough? Yeah, but could you make enough? So, Joe, that's yes, called you can. capturing. There it. was an engineer. What there you're was making, an Joe? Engineer was called who retired? It's called methane. <laughs> there was an engineer who retired. Um, I think in the late '90s, and he was on a. Uh, one of those green energy things on uh, one of the cable company uh, channels uh, going green, so, something green, maybe Nat Geo or something, but it was uh, all these eco stuff. And he was a retired engineer and he just went to the hardware store and bought off the shelf parts, uh, the big yard propane tanks, and he filled mm -hmm. them with water. Mm -hmm. And then he had empty ones and he used a small solar panel and it separated. Um, Separated into oxygen and hydrogen, hydrogen, and then he filled up hydrogen cells that he built himself from supplies at the hardware store, and he converted a, a big Hummer to run on hydrogen, and his whole house to run on hydrogen, 
and he collected uh, his own hydrogen for forever, forever based on solar. Based on solar, yes, that's cool. Uh, that's cool. And uh, and unlike other eco people, he was not frivolous with his electronic electric spending. Uh, he was just had all this stuff running in his house, like completely, like like uh, the most further on the consumer end than on the green end of people to yeah. show that. Yeah. Uh, and and he said this can be done very easily. I, I somebody just needs to refine the process. Now you're saying that in his house, um, he was using the hydrogen to create electricity. So that means that his solar panels with his hydrogen separator, which uh, okay, and and being able to separate out the hydrogen created a net positive in hydrogen based on. The solar separator. That, that's that that I find interesting. I find interesting. Solar separator using solar power. He right, right. Uh, separated the hydrogen and oxygen in the water, which uh, is simple energy process. intensive. Simple process. Uh, simple but energy intensive. Is that yeah. a correct statement? Yeah. I, I don't know that it's um, necessarily energy intensive. Because you could do it with a small amount of electricity over a short over distance. It just take a long time. Just take a long time. Uh, and then he would uh, um, use the hydrogen and put it into uh, hydrogen cell batteries, and that powered the house that's and cool. the car. That's cool. That and would make a good Hacker Public what? Radio episode or series. One more step quick by step. One more that. Yeah. Because uh, I know Joe likes this too. Is uh, and uses it. OpenWRT is coming out with in conjunction with Banana Pie with their own router. So reference router. I'll put the link in the show notes. I think that's, that's pretty cool. That, yeah, that sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did now, hear about it, that. Was it like a? Uh, wasn't that like a single board computer? Yeah, it's something a, without uh, a case. Based on a banana pie, it says. Right. Being and it's being organized through the Software Freedom Conservancy. So that's a ahead. If the if it has enough power. And you can, uh, you know, set up a mesh with them. Then I think that would be pretty cool, because I am thoroughly sick of the commercial options. But I need a mesh network. So Is your house that big? It's it's that big, and it also has plaster and metal lathe walls. walls. So it's like a Faraday cage. Yeah, the signal just doesn't carry. How many floors? It's just single floor. Single floor. Then do you have a crawl space? Yeah. Then screw your walls. Put your router in your crawl space. I can't get up there, dude. You, you have a you, you have a spouse. Yeah, I'm, I. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> do you? <laughs> I do. You have a different kind than. <laughs> <laughs> Could you get away with just like a repeater? No, I. Um, it's actually worked out really well for me. I just. The thing that I don't love is the software base. Uh, so I had used sort of, you know, Netgear kind of stuff. And then I switched to, because I enjoyed their uh, storage products so much, I used the Synology stuff. And <clears throat> the one saving grace is it does have a lot of sort of like uh, family-friendly features for grouping devices and limiting uh, the amount of access and not only from a time standpoint, but also, uh, 
you know, filtering out and stuff like that. So it has a lot of good upsides, but just as like networking equipment, I think it's a little underpowered and underfeatured. Um, I had had the Google stuff for a while too, which was just ridiculous. And it actually worked really well, but you just, there was no amount of control in terms of like being able to like port forward or like do the most basic router configurations. Like there was just yeah. nothing you could do. <laughs> yeah. I don't like a router that has to uh, reach out side of my network in order to be able to work. Oh no, I, I completely no. agree. Yeah. No. And, and I just, that is the closest I've ever gotten to the commercial, like home product area, like if, you know, people using, uh, smart speakers or uh ring doorbells or like any of that shit like i just that stuff creeps me out so much i can't and, and everybody seems to love ring doorbells and cam people have cameras in their house like what the hell is wrong with you i i, I agree with the idea of uh i'm okay let's put it this way i'm okay with cameras that are facing outside of my house yeah i'm yeah. not okay with cameras facing inside of my house look the only time Bring i had his... cameras inside my house was when jojo was um doing school from home and i needed to make sure that he was actually doing school from home while i was working from home in another room mm. that Where was the the camera's able to read like re would you be able to reach to those cameras from the outside um technically those particular cameras uh i i think you could yes like I used to have the old school style IP cams, but these um, were a, a serve. You can't really find those old style IP cams, and I didn't have the time to to build my own at the time. What really creeps me out is my in laws have, I guess it's the the Nest cams or whatever the the Ring cams are. Yeah. Um, they have them inside their house as well. Like oh, there's yeah. one on the bookshelf in there and it's a great room. So like it's can see the entire room. They talk and like, to well, they, they are snowbirds. So they spend half of the year in a different house and their doorbell, like every time someone walks by their, their porch, like it makes a, a tinkling noise. Mm. It's just, it's so, I, I hate sitting there. Like I hate knowing that fucking camera is like 20 feet away from me. And I don't know who's looking at it and what they're doing. It's not like I'm doing anything. That is a weird right. feeling. You're just yeah. constantly surveilled. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, it, makes you, a... it makes it uncomfortable to have sex in your own living room. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're, you're really into that. Unless you're really into yeah, <laughs> sex with you by yourself. <laughs> nice. But, you know, I... I just people. That's a are whole so different willing. camera setup. <laughs> yeah. Whole different camera setup. Those are on the ceiling. Yeah. For my only fans. Yeah, I mean, I trade a lot of privacy for convenience. I feel, um, but I also do so with my eyes wide open, uh, knowing what I'm what I'm getting for it in most cases. But there are lines that go too far for me and, and anything if I will never own a refrigerator that tells me when I need milk. You can kiss my white I'm ass. I'm never gonna own a refrigerator ever. with a tablet on it. It's not it's not gonna happen. I don't give a shit if I have to use a nineteen fifties refrigerator. I am I, my refrigerator will never be smart. I there's no need. 
No need. I'm not. I'm not so stupid that I can't look in the goddamn refrigerator and tell you that I need something. Like it's and just so asinine. What, I, I don't what need real you telling me what I need I to buy there? when. Yeah. Like what can? What is the real convenience there? What's the problem they're solving? None. The next it's thing you stupid. know, it, it'll be ordering it without your permission. No, it's just no. like how smart speakers are failing because they can't figure out how to monetize stuff because they thought people would just order random shit by voice. Uh, right. Like, yeah, I don't even trust Amazon search, let alone I'm just going to tell Alexa, oh, yeah, go ahead well, and buy whatever you want. Like, they they yeah. were really trying to push that until I got in trouble a couple of times because kids ordered giant dolls. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, we talked about how much money they were losing on that thing. Ten, yeah. They said they lost $10 billion on Alexa last year. Crazy. How, how the hell do you lose $10 billion a year on they were that. selling them at essentially cost. At essentially cost. You plan it out, and then you don't pay taxes for ten years for your company. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you blame it on one branch, and you call that your taxes. Well, to they should have done a better. Uh, see, I, I'm not sure exactly what the. I don't remember what they're charging for music, but it's better. It's it's better as a as a music device than it is for a, a, a purchase shit device right well and everybody else said it with home control as well so like if you have smart yeah. stuff in your house then you can control it lights and look, and yeah, I, have, I, I, I have I both that. of those things that's what i use it for i i have uh i pay for the the music i haven't looked about how much the cost for the music but i pay for the music just so as i can Ordinary listen to music and i can have it through all those speakers that i have in the house and i have several switches i have the, I have the lights here i have the lights upstairs it's in some cases it's a convenience because of the fact that there's spots in the house where there isn't a light switch available or whatever and it's it's a convenience to have something that can actually turn on the lights for me you know it's or i can turn on the fan in my garage before i go out there so i'm not roasting in the summer right yeah, I, and I understand. I understand all the security aspects of it, and it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's some pretty mundane for, information, uh, right? I mean, if you think if someone's harvesting your logs for like wh when you turn lights off and on, like there's some pretty mundane amount of like information, like that's not really valuable, like, and that's the type of trade I would make. Like, I really don't care about well, something so. You, you, you want me to scare you with that? Yeah, the the information is valuable is what he's going to tell you and and he probably could tell you how so go for it scotty all right so in a couple of ways here let's let's start with that refrigerator one that you were talking about you, you never were going to own it's not just that they're telling you what's low in your refrigerator eventually they're going to start telling you what's in your refrigerator is not really healthy for you and if you continue to purchase things that are not really healthy for you it's going to be reported to whoever your insurance provider is and then they'll have to have a talk with you yeah but I, i'm not i'm I, I don't disagree with you and i think that anyone who ends up in that situation deserves it personally but uh, I'm. I mean, I'm talking about literally a smart switch. Yeah, that, the only I'm, information I'm they get could to possibly know. Okay, <laughs> I want to get to the switch because here's the thing: in America, our electrical grid is crap. We haven't done much to modernize it in forever. Now, part of the reason is we've just been misallocating money. It's it's going in all the wrong things. But I'm not going to get into all of that. The data that's being collected or all the from, right pockets. From, well, there you go. I'm. The data that's collected from that is more than just you flipping a switch here or there. It's how much time you're spending in your home. How much time are you actually outside of your home versus in your home? They could already where, tell that where, from your power usage, though, man. 
No, not, There's so not many different all, ways. Not Go all of it, because you can, like, say, for instance, you can leave a television on accidentally and it'll just stay on and just run for a certain amount of time, right? Now, with a smart television, what did they build into it? That little pop-up thing that comes up and says, hey, are you still here? And you have to hit a button in order to continue the signal coming through. You're, you're, See, you're, you're jumping around, man. I'm sorry, but you're, I, you're I, jumping I, from the switch I, to, uh, to something that's I'm, not a switch. I'm, I'm letting you know how the switch is designed to function. Okay. Well, you're not, you're, you're not telling me how a switch is compromising my security. No, it's not compromising your security. It's just data hall is data logging you, right? Like everything that you're doing in your home is being sent to someone else. And ultimately what it's going to boil down to is you're using too much electricity. You need to cut back on this, this, and this, and we can tell you how you need to now install this thing on your house. You need to now do this kind of thing. They wouldn't have that level of detail from a from a smart switch. They just wouldn't. yeah. They w- the switch Another does way. more than what you're Another thinking way. it does. I think because how? think about tell it. Tell me how Prove the switch it. the switch it. connects to a hub, doesn't it? Maybe maybe it not. connects to a hub. The switch itself does not do a whole lot, but the hub does. A lot of them phone back home too. Yeah, the hub no, the hub I, does I a lot more that, than they tell you. Not only <laughs> um, that, the data that the hub sends out, they always encrypt the data to them but leave your end wide open so for instance your access to whatever the data is is limited but their access is 100 percent. so say for instance um i'm trying to think who else does this like those ring doorbell cameras or whatever how people around the world can just watch your camera right which is why you would never own one yeah so you're left wide open just because they want your data yeah, not only that, but they're they're starting to compel people to give that data, and if you don't, like, it isn't even there's like a search warrant or anything needed. Like, they just right. have imminent domain or control over the data. It's part of the little agreement you make again, many, which is why I would never. How many of those companies your data, also got your caught? data is for sale, and so that means that the police departments and everybody else can purchase it without a warrant and use yes. it against you. So how many? I, how, what, hold on a second. I, I agree with what you're saying that the that they definitely have my data and they definitely sell my data and everything else. I the only thing I don't I, I disagree with is um with the the possibility of them trying to say that I have to add something to my house to cut down on, on my electric usage because I or they can suggest it all they want. I know with the, the with like the heaters because right. I know they when uh, they they tried to give you um you know they tried to sell you like the smart uh. uh Thermostats and Thermo, stuff like yeah. that. Right. The smart thermostats. Between... They have an opt-in. There's an opt-in on those where that where you can ha- go like, hey, you can opt in with your electric company for a lower something with the uh, lower rate with your electricity or something. And uh, but they you give them control of your thermostat or you let yeah, them. That, that happened a lot around here. Right. Yeah. But that's an opt-in thing. You know, they they gave you the. the they let you, yeah. So but, that, that I okay. can see, but I can't. That's there, like there's the nothing... beginning stages of that. But yeah. what he's also talking about is like your your um, health insurance company finding out that your habits are bad, so they give you a higher rate than the next guy, or they use the data from your car because you have uh, the Echo Auto I... in there in order to um, determine your driving, or using Google to right. determine your your but, driving actually... and affecting your insurance that way. No, nobody. Nobody has an Echo Auto. I'm sure you've all been offered by your insurance company to hook something into your car that will then get you a lower rate because they can track your driving habits. Have you you guys have that offer or no? No. They they offer it, but we never take it. 
Yeah, well, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the yeah. OBD2 Who offers plug. it, by the way? I know State Farm does. State Farm does. A bunch of companies do. If you if you let them Is hook it... up to your ODB2 connector, yeah. and they can tell you all about how you brake, um, you know, your driving habits, uh, how far you drive if every you day. Yeah. Right. And so they they could uh, collect information. Does the OB uh, the ODB two does that have any way of controlling anything, or is it just a, a sensor? No. It's just a no. sensor. Oh, so we, I mean, you can. Yes, that's not entirely true because you can send reprogram. back. You can send reprogram. You can clear faults and logs. Like I have an ODB right. two that is just so that I can read engine codes because I have old shitty cars. <laughs> but uh, but that's <laughs> so it's not entirely one way, but it's mainly just for diagnostics. So it's not like you can hit the brakes right. with it or something. Okay, okay. And I want to I want to point out one last thing. How many of these devices or companies rather have ultimately gotten caught hard coding credentials into these devices that you don't know about until something really bad happens and then you discover it? So when you say it doesn't jeopardize you, think about that. Yeah, it's still it's still not a point that they can really take a huge advantage of. But I do agree with you that it is a shame that so many of these IoT companies are selling devices that get like an ancient version of something and then never get updated. No updates, insecure. Yeah, yeah that was a big thing with the, the IP cameras. Like if yeah. you didn't get an update to some of the old school IP cameras, then they were completely insecure and anybody could access them. Well, you also had all those uh, light bulbs that to the company that made them went out of business and you can't have no way of controlling them. Unless right. you find a way to like go in and flash the uh, the firmware on it. So I think it, it, if I were to actually do this, um, I mean, first of all, I'm not bla- blazing any trails. So there's there's already a huge body of experience and knowledge out there that I can draw from and pick not only the devices that will hopefully be well supported into the future, but the ones that don't in- inherently spy all on right, you guys. or – I'm going to stop you right there, Eric. I, I'm loving this conversation, but I have to get up at 5 a.m. to take my kid somewhere. So okay. I'm I'm going to have to drop, guys. Yep. Thank you. I'll talk to you all next time. I'll talk to you all next time. Later. Later. Bye. See you, Joe. Bye. 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 By the way, folks, uh, so there there is going to be more intrusion because part of the anti-drug driving system is that they're going to have a net nanny on your built into your OBD2 and your your car controls so that um, if your car doesn't like the way you're driving or the police don't like the way you're driving they will be able to uh, interfere with things yeah, I know they've been wanting to do that for a long time, have a remote kill switch on cars. And, you know, it's one of those things that part of me having driving all the time with people and realizing how stupid some people are. And then you add in chemicals that interfere with their, and impair their judgment and you see them do really dangerous, stupid things. And you think instead of chasing them around and endangering everybody, if they just push a button and say, ah, you're done and like. To me, yes, that is a system that is just rife for for uh, abuse. Yes, but at the same time, in terms of like public safety, 
it is kind of something that I can be okay with because of the bad actors who do stupid shit in cars. I, I disagree. I couldn't do it. The problem, the problem is the problem, uh, once problem. you have something like that in there, you don't know who has control of that. I don't and you have to. Then you have to, the you bad could, actors will have control of that. You have to trust that the that the person who has the kill switch on your car has your uh, your best intentions in mind, or the best right. intentions of the of other people in mind. Well, then maybe it comes down to it's something that becomes mandatory for people who have de- demonstrated a lack of responsibility. And um, in order for them to, I mean, today they have the you know breathalyzer right. blow things, right. so maybe they those people, it's more appropriate. I don't know. That, I mean, that would make a little bit more sense than just trying to put it on everybody. It was just put it on like people who should lose their license. They get to keep it if they have have a car where it's more monitored or whatever. Or right. people who, yeah. Well, can you uninstall it? It, it kind of goes back to uh, the old, the old conversation of uh, when they when the government wanted to put a back door into. Uh, different encryption. types of security encryption yeah. yes if you put it a back door into encryption who's going to have the key to that back door and once there's a back door in there in the first place you're going to the whole security in the uh, you know right. the answer is whoever has the money to to pay for it basically that well, that's not, the short a, answer. not even that you you have incompetence even in government so all it takes is for somebody like john podesta Wait, to go even oh you know i'm not going to reset my password i'll just leave you know password one two three and that's fine <laughs> nobody ever guessed that and, and there you go now everybody's compromised because you let a bonehead be in charge of the it. problem is we have to get past this shit to to move forward in our in our evolution and existence we can't just keep turtling 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 there has to be better ways to allow for the right types of communications to happen the right times types of interactions to happen and the the it just doesn't seem like we are progressing with that type of technology in any meaningful way if anything it feels like people are pulling back into even tighter fiefdoms and systems that were once open and you could access with an API or, you know, get it data in a more simple and straightforward way. Now it becomes more and more difficult. And it feels like, I don't know, like the things that I used to be able to do and scrape and pull and access and combine and do different things with like most of that stuff is gone now. And yeah, because some of it was, was being abused and, but I think that's, that's always going to be the case to just say like, well, we can't possibly ever consider this because of our, you know, the history of bad actors or like it, I just think it stymies us. It stops us from moving forward and stops us from, you know, I mean, think about this idea. The more we rely on electric vehicles, the more we rely on a very short term power source, right? So if you have an electric car and the power goes out, what are you going to do after a few days? Walk. Nothing. Walk. Exactly. You have no <laughs> alternative now because in a, in a, you know, internal combustion engine car, it doesn't matter if there's no power for a week because you can still get around if you haven't drained your tank. And yes, that's true to some degree with an electric vehicle, but they're much less efficient in terms of that energy that you can store inside of it. And like the idea, I watched this, this sort of, um, <clears throat> Not doomsday, but it was just sort of a think about how much we rely on technology nowadays. Um, and basically that was the scenario they put forth was, you know, okay, the power goes out for whatever reason, for one of a million potential causes. And all of a sudden there is just, there is no power and everything we do and everything, you know, our daily lives are so tied to electricity. 
And really, one like, week how, utter really, chaos. How, yeah, I mean, how how fast would the world just stop working without electricity? The the Western world especially. Well, that's a myth. Yeah. They, one to three months. They they told us all the time that electricity. Long? We have green electricity. All you got to do is take the plug, go out in your yard, bury the plug into the ground, and then you get free electricity from the earth. It's green energy. You just you just pull the electricity directly from the earth into your car, and you're good to go. That's how it works. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. <laughs> that's, that's I thought exactly. it was like static electricity, and you just went out like a balloon and you rubbed it for a little See, bit, and then that's. I, I couldn't. Whatever the trick to doing that died with Tesla. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Actually, what what you also have with an with electric vehicles, and uh, I'm up here in. New England and my brother is up in Montana is you not only have a limited range due to how much electricity you can keep in in your vehicle but it's also temperature sensitive range Miner, I think your mic is rubbing uh, your shirt again. Are you sleeping under a pile of leaves? Or... <laughs> I hope sorry. you're okay, buddy. So, so, sorry, had to get had to get the. Uh, uh, I'm not used to. This is an alternate headset, and I'm. Um, I didn't have the uh, boom up high enough. Oh, gotcha. Also, also, um, but what I'm saying is your. Uh, yeah, your electric car may have 90 miles of range in the summer and may have 20 miles of range in the Montana winter. Yeah. All yeah. oh, right. But yeah, that's when it comes to yeah. vehicles. I think a, um, a a true hybrid would probably be the better way to go. Something that runs on the electricity as much as it can, but it doesn't. It still has the gas to as more of a backup, but it still can you know you can run a lot longer with the gas as well. Um, yep. And I probably would never go with like an electric car until I mean I'd love to have something where uh, I have a combination of either solar, uh, solar and wind and a wind turbine or something like that, and then just like a, a massive batteries and have even just an on grid system as a backup to that, but just have, uh, the banks of batteries and stuff like that. Whether like they got cool stuff with the solar with like those, um, the, the shingles and stuff. What mm-hmm. about, uh, for your car, like a Mr. Fusion? Like a back to the future, <laughs> you know. Runs on garbage. Yeah, yeah. Throw some garbage in there. Banana peels and whatever. Doc, what are you doing? <laughs> well, I need fuel, uh, Marty. We're we're gonna go back uh, old school. I'm I'm gonna start riding around in a litter like Java the Hut. And <laughs> <laughs> a tuk tuk. Uh, well, it's late, guys. I think yeah, I'm gonna head up. Uh, All right. Do we have anything else before we shut this down? Happy go! Thank you for inviting me on the show, dude. Come in whenever you want. It, it is open invitation to anybody listening to please just come on, even just hang out, and even if you don't want to talk, you just want to hang out and listen. I mean, we want we want uh, come we on want, back anytime. Want, come on, Linux anytime. user group. Yes, lug, <laughs> lug. If they let me on, they'll let anyone on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs>
What is it? What's the old saying? Any any uh, friend who would willing to have me wouldn't have be me. Worth- any group who wants to have me as a member, I wouldn't want to join. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Is that Groucho Marx? <laughs> Something Probably. Like, yeah, you're better. Uh, WC Fields, maybe. All right. Our next recording date will be February 2nd, 2024. Our music is downright provided by Klaatu and Brome. Finally, I'd like to give a special thanks to Delwyn, Father Finch, Fweeb, Dave Morris, 20 minutes for all their help and support over the years. I really need to add you to that, Danny, just because we're thank you for the, uh, letting us use your uh, mumble server. If you want to. And I'll just adjust that end at some point. And Jitsi. And Jitsi. And Jitsi. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I've been your host for this evening. I've been the I've been your, your host, host for this evening. Give a go. Lennox is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the best. Uh, with us tonight has been Eric. Too much fun. <laughs> Lugbot. How do you tell if your oh, life is dead? Mm. The sex is the same. But the dishes pile up. <laughs> Check, please. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Minix. Good night, guys. Morrissey. <laughs> Good afternoon. See you later. Scotty. Thank you, thank you. See you next time. I think you offended that miner because he left already. <laughs> he did. He just, he just didn't even say bye. Just disconnected. <laughs> just disconnected. I think you. I think you offended him. Sorry, net miner. <laughs> that wasn't me. That was Lugbot. Oh boy. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Okay, cool. Well, that's 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 pretty funny, though. How is the most beautiful woman in Thailand? She was hoping you hopped on before she left for work today. She's doing good. Well, apologies. I'm sorry I missed her. We keep we keep popping in uh, the the uh, mumble periodically, seeing if you're there to say hi. Yeah, well, I, I, I really am sorry to, to miss her. Of course, I've heard she's engaged to this ugly American. That ugly and boring. <laughs> no idea what she sees in him. Don't matter, boss, as long as she keeps seeing it. I'm happy about it. <laughs> And speaking of lovely ladies, is Lovecraft actually here? Yep, I'm here. Well, please pass on my best wishes to the loveliest lady in New Jersey, if not the three, the tri-state area. I uh, I will definitely do that. Thank you. Yeah, well, you know. It's amazing. Uh, you didn't know that this mumble had uh, the video add-on, otherwise known as a good imagination. <laughs> Did you get any snow today up there? Uh, not that. Not 
I haven't checked, but no, not yet. Uh, we're supposed to get snow and then rain later in the week. Just, just going to be uh, uh, free, cold enough to freeze the balls off a of brass monkey. Yeah, we got we got a couple of inches here today, kind of probably about three inches or so. Started in the morning and kept going to about six o'clock. Yeah. By the way, that that phrase actually is not offensive. It's uh, refers to cannonballs on the deck of a ship, and the brass, um, I guess, fixtures used to use to support them. I've got some good news. Oh yeah, what's that? that? Yeah, I've got. I uh, just. Uh, MX to my second 8 gig Pi, and you may have no- recall a few shows ago I was talking about a monitor a friend salvaged for me that got that that was delivered in the rain. Well, it seems to be running perfectly. Awesome. Actually, it seems to be an early. Well, somewhat early uh, uh, HDTV 720p version, so it really that really comes in handy with the Pi because uh, it gives me adequate um, audio. What's the show number tonight? Two thirty-six. Also, another discovery is Reddit science fiction on YouTube. Evidently, there's a science fiction Reddit HFY, and there are a number of YouTubers who produce videos based on that or based on other um internet textual content that they read that sounds pretty cool but they make like little little shorts or something based on stuff they cook up in the channel and write it well so, some of it is uh is substantially long i mean there there's one that that has like 33 chapters that i'm in the middle of and uh, interesting productions, uh, and some of the, some of it is produced by characters. Uh, one channel that I'm following is called Agro Squirrel Narrates. Sure. Okay. An interesting gentleman. You sure this not Zen floater? Ah, uh, yes. We actually. So we we have Jitsi. Look, uh, Mort, that is a T-shirt and a half. Thank you. But if L likes it, who am I to judge? Yep. What? Can you hear me? Yep. No. Is there anybody out there? Yeah. No. The sky fall in? Yes. Glad you can hear me then.
What? Huh? Where? Cows. One more time. I was on a work meeting and I turned my uh, camera on and everybody freaked out because they've never seen me <laughs> without a beard. <sighs> It'd be like the day I, you know, shave this off. See what happens. Joe, can you uh, mute Jitsi? Can I mute Jitsi? No. No? All right. I'm unable to mute Jitsi. All right. Give me a minute. Honky, how are you and your lady doing? Or your family? Okay. We actually got snow today. Around 3 o'clock it starts snowing uh, over here. I haven't seen any snow this year. Not, I'm sure you haven't. I'm not getting any uh, mumble audio honk. Uh, other people can hear me. I can hear you. Loud and clear. So did you guys see the working payphone I found? Yes. Hey, I saw the picture. You just put it into uh, uh, Matrix. Yeah, that was really cool. Wait, did you actually use it? I did not use it, but uh, L told me it was a functional payphone. What does it take? Thai bot. Is that their currency? Yeah, yeah. Is it coin related or is it uh, paper? Or is it uh, paper? Both. Oh. There's, uh, oh. there's 10, 5, 2, 1, and then some smaller ones that I have no idea how big they are. I'd most... It's kind of like pennies in the U.S. Like nobody cares about them. Pe- no audio. Pesos. What'd you say about pesos? Pesos. There's such a a lot of them are such a small denomination. Mexican pesos. Yes. Is it? Are, are pesos like you? You need like a like a very large amount for it to be worth much of anything. At least last I remember. At least last I remember. Uh, in Bolivia, I think it was seventy. Seventy was equal to a dollar. Seventy was equal to a dollar. To a dollar, yeah. Uh, like in, uh, like I forget what the Philippines pesos are. Um, uh, Thai a Thai bot is thirty five bot to one dollar. Um, currently, it fluctuates a lot over the course of the year. According to this, one Mexican peso equals 0.059 United States dollars. Peso is about, what, five cents? Yeah. What's going on, guys? Not much. What's going on with you? I'm eating crackers and cheese. Well, there you go. So, you, you did you survive the cold? You made it through? I did. My, um... One of my pipes in my shower uh, is leaking now. It, we're not done with the cold yet. Supposed to be 20 tonight, I think. Yeah, wow. we're supposed to get another cold front coming through with freezing rain next week. I was kind of worried about Netminer. Uh, has it been freezing up there, too? Not that bad. Okay. I figured he's got enough old hardware to keep him warm. <laughs> <laughs> I see he. I saw him on earlier, but I don't. I think he was having uh, audio issues. He, he oh, was going okay. fine for a while, and then, uh, then all of a sudden he couldn't hear anybody. So, mm. 
I think it was probably mumble. But yeah, oh. what it's but the second he uh, a little while after he joined uh, Jitsi that it's uh, um, all of a sudden his audio screwed up. So I'm wondering if one had to do with the other. All right. So do you want to be referred to as some guy on the internet, or do we want to short it down to Scotty or Scotty? Scotty, uh, cool. yeah, you're running out of wind doing the other one. Yeah, probably. <laughs> or just some guy. What's uh, uh, Joe working on? Headphones? Yeah, of course it's, it's Joe. What else is he going to work on? Yeah, it's not like he pays attention. He just... Uh, we're not the Metcast or anything. I, I, I'm, I'm listening to you. And I will talk. I can talk and do this all day. I want to set up... You remember how you had that picture-in-picture picture going? with? Did you do that with OBS? Yeah. I want to set that up. What, what were you using for your second camera? My phone. Oh, we're using um, Droid Cam. Droid Cam, yeah. And so, did you just feed the URL of the feed to OBS? Um, no, I used the the page and then just um, shared the page to OBS. Shared the page. Yeah, the window. Shared the window to OBS. Oh, so you had a uh, screen sharing on in Jitsi? No, in OBS. OBS. I still don't get it. Okay, OBS, you can um, choose to share a window instead of an entire screen. Okay. So I just had a window with um, the uh, URL from DroidCamp. But then how are you getting that in Jitsi? OBS, if you're using, um, what is it, VL4 loopback, Mm -hmm. you can make it the output look like a camera so uh, so, so i took the two camera feeds mm-hmm. that uh well my camera feed and then the droid cam feed and put those into obs and then used um <clears throat> obs to output to jitsi like it was coming from your webcam like it was coming from a webcam but it was all combined okay right i had to play with obs i don't think i've ever messed with it too much yeah, VL4 loopback is actually pretty useful, and you need VL4 loopback to make a droid cam work anyway. Okay. Well, I want to take a, cam- a camera and put it in front of my cat's litter box, the robot litter box, <laughs> so you can, us can see so you how can it watch works. him take a shit. Yeah, whenever he has to Messed use the bathroom. <laughs> Messed up, bro. But I, we're, gonna have a, we're gonna have a live feed uh, of your cat taking his shit while we're watching while we're doing the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what? Oh. <laughs> I got that little um I finally got that board working, the um atomic pie with the camera module. And that camera is really nice. The module that comes with it. Mm-hmm. So I could just put that whole little board over there by his little Imagine box. how many computers you could have right now if you hadn't sent that whole box back. <laughs> yeah. And I could just um Open Jitsi on that board, you know, so it could have its own Jitsi screen. I wouldn't even need to do. A, I still want to do a picture in picture because I think that's cool. Like if Joe did one of him, like him working on the headphones, and then one of him talking, you know, had two screens. That's the way I did it before, but it just seems yeah. like a lot to set up right now. And I just yeah. decided I didn't want to be in my cold garage, so I'm doing this in the kitchen, and I have 
Well, more I just think that, that I'm working I on. think that looks cool though when you see you know people narrating what they're doing like on YouTube and stuff. And... But the Jitsi link at the same time. Jitsi.minix.dev/lugcast. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Firefox seems to be working okay. Yeah, we can see you fine. I'm not all green, right? Like it usually does. But maybe this latest uh, Jitsi update actually picks things. Because you complained enough about it. Everybody was complaining because, I mean, I I would say at least 75% of the people who self-host Jitsi probably either using Firefox or some form of Firefox. I find that unlikely considering the uh, market share that Firefox has, which is like less than 1%. No, it's not. It's like two point two percent. Okay, did we, we went over the this. last show? It was two percent. Two point two. Yeah, there's and, a point two you're missing there. And, and because and because of your title, uh, how many views did we did uh, did last <laughs> did show we again? lose out on? No, no. we got. Yeah, we got a ton of views. Last time this... I looked, there was one hundred what one hundred fifteen on our YouTube video. Damn, it's got to be higher than that now. Wow, we're balling. Well, considering our normal like in. four, I know. <laughs> When's the YouTube money kick in? <laughs> um, I'm on the search for it now. Mm-hmm. All right. In case you're wondering, well, oh, we got 181 plastic, views right now. The plastic completely disintegrated on this one, but I've been using it for like a decade. So I pulled out some of my backups to work on. And the other thing that's going on with this particular one is it's starting to fray and split right there. So I'm sheathing it with heat shrink. You're not uh, circumcised. You would know. Yeah, I've seen it. Remember we were docking the other day? and Uh-huh. <laughs> you put your sheath on my sheath. and well, We were playing swords, if I remember right. We were trying to integrate. This is 236, right? Right. <laughs> we were trying not to cross the streams. Yeah, we were we were integrating in the most intimate way. <clears throat> no, uh, Scotty, Jitsi is all one word. G-I-T-S-I. Every time you say Scotty, all I want to say is doesn't know. Oh. Oh, you already got everything ready. He's on it. Hey, Lovecraft, have you started on the show notes for um, the New Year's Eve show? I have to um, finish. I didn't know yet. <laughs> I finally oh, got... that's right. So... you got to wait till next year so you'll have the audio stream. <laughs> so, all right. So the uh, I tried pulling... So I recorded everything in FLAC, and then I tried pulling FLAC into... Um, uh, audacity and apparently audacity does not like flack because it only pulled in uh it, so i had it um i had but recording every three hours so every three hours it would start a, it would uh, stop recording and start a new recording um and so it only pulled in like the first 15 minutes of the recording into audacity so but i can pull it up like i pulled a, put it into vlc and it'll play fine in vlc so, so I actually 
Yeah, so the audio was there. It's just for whatever reason, Audacity uh, didn't like it. And then I tried pulling it into, uh, I tried one of the other Audacity um, uh, forks. Uh, tenacity. Tenacity. I think it was Tenacity. I tried Tenacity. They didn't like Tenacity. Um, you turned it to Scotty. No, that's Eric. Oh. Oh, Eric is here. Eric. Hello. What's up, man? You sound like you're uh, in the bottom of a well and you have a sponge in your mouth. Perfect. That's exactly what I was going for. There you go. <laughs> Turn on that mic, homie. On a phone or a headset? Or... Yeah, I just decided to pick the wrong thing. Okay. Oh, we might see Fat Boy tonight, too. Fat Boy? Yeah, from last show. You already forgot? Oh, right. He said he wanted to come on again. So um, you tried all the alternatives? So, yeah, I even put it in our door, and our door had the same problem. So I used, so I tried with socks to just do a conversion from uh, flak to og, and that seemed to work. So I had to I actually scripted it. So I did, so um, socks did a conversion of uh, flak to og for all all the recordings. So I did that, and then I was able to pull them into uh, Audacity, and it, all of it showed up and as, as an AUG, and then I uh, truncated silence on all of it. So I've gotten that far. So That's oh, weird to me that all... it would it's bog down something... on black, you know, because that's lost. It's not even going to compress stream, you know. Well, it so will probably... output flack. I know that because I do that every couple of weeks. I don't know why it doesn't want to take an input for a flack. I'm wondering whether, because I'm guessing that most of these things use like an FFmpeg. I'm wondering whether FFmpeg is uh, is choking on it for some reason. Because it was it was Audacity, Tenacity, and our door all choked on it. Just only wanted to show the first 15 minutes or so, and then that was it. You know what you need? You need a Windows computer. Mm. <laughs> Windows just works. <laughs> yeah. So Sox was able to do the job, converted it, and so from now on, only Lugbot is allowed to say that line, though. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, did you guys see what uh, what Ken Fallon put sent out today? Yeah, about I did the not. Show. Yeah, what? Uh, well, it's not. It's nothing's final about it. He's just throwing it out there as to whether, because of the fact that they uh, they're not getting as many shows, what is it that they you know that people want to do? Because they they've already went through all the reserve shows. I mean, how do you how do you keep going forward if you don't have contributors? But do you need a show every day, honestly? And that's a fair point too. That is a lot of shows and. That is a lot of show. But you see, I think that was put together when there was a lot more people contributing. Well, you could do a weekly. I mean, you could still carry it on. It just doesn't have to be daily. You just put out a show whenever there is a show to put out. I, I would say no, you still want to schedule. I don't want to schedule. It's always been a daily show and should remain. So yeah, are, you are you going to start recording something there, Morton? See? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah see I... now why do you think the reason is that the number of contributors has fallen 
it's i don't know i i think it's just kind of there was a point when um uh, there there was a point where podcasting was was a big thing to a lot of people it was a way to reach out to other people who had similar problems and um were looking for other people to, to other people and stuff and it, Either a people found other ways to do this, or those same people found you know aren't. I don't know. Things have changed because a lot of the people oh. who who uh, initially contributed to HBR are have you know um, just kind of stopped. Well, yeah. Well, I was well, going to say there's probably five people that are responsible for like fifty percent of the shows on there. Right. Five or ten people. So when those people go away or aren't contributing, then yeah, you're in trouble. Well, I got an idea. It seems like a controversy brings a lot more attention to it. And uh, we, I got an idea for a show that can bring oh, a lot got, more shows as a response. Scotty, you got both mics on. You had to mute your Jitsi mic. Uh, if you look at the little bar at the bottom on the browser. There you go. Oh, sorry about that. I thought yeah. I disabled the mic for uh, Jitsi, but I guess I was wrong. What were you saying, though? Yeah, the uh, I was thinking a little bit of controversy from time to time would help bring people into it. And uh, I think most of the shows have been sort of a, a very positive all-around thing that no one really can disagree with. So there hasn't been much for anyone to go charging to the keyboards or to the microphone and respond to. But if there's a That's show with a... a you know, a show with a little bit of controversy in it, it'll definitely bring the uh, it'll bring the masses out. People are eager to respond to something that they want to argue about versus you know something. Well, they Wayland agree with. is the greatest thing ever. Well, part of that too. Well, it, so people are quick to send an email, or well, actually, people are quick to like send a note or. Um, respond in a comment as opposed to responding with a show. But some have. I remember Plus, one of the biggest response shows was, I forgot who it was, but he was talking about COVID. And, or this, well, I guess I can talk about it since we're not on YouTube yet. But he's talking about COVID and how uh, masks don't work and stuff like that. And um, man, you should have seen. Well, you may be right. There, there was like a ton of comments shows. on there. There was a ton yeah. of comments. Yeah. There was comments, there was response. emails, there was the mailing list got flooded with stuff, but it wasn't nobody, there wasn't uh, uh, another show recorded. Ahuka did. I think he responded to it. Well, Ahuka was also doing a lot of shows along those sort of lines, though. Um, health and science. And yeah, stuff. health and, yeah. That's true. Did, didn't he work in the healthcare industry? No, he did. Um, I take that back. Maybe he didn't. Now, Dave, uh, I think Dave responded back then as well. He um, has a, a background in, uh, was it biology or something like that? Dave Him and, uh, Dave, no, yeah. uh, Dave Morris. Oh, Morris. Dave, Morris yeah, yeah, Dave Morris and uh, Andrew Conway, I think, did a show together responding to one of one of the controversial uh, COVID shows. I think that's a good idea as long as you keep it kind of hacker-related, technology-related, like you're not just going on there and saying who you're voting for and why and stuff, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, just no, I wouldn't. Stuff yeah, don't cheap it out. But like Joe said, you get on there and defend Waylon. 
And I guarantee you'll have some responses. Well, I'm prepared to defend Whaling, but I haven't done much with it. You will. In like the next year. Maybe two. Even if it's just to remove it. Eric, I think oh. you're muted on uh, Mubble. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we oh, could hear you on, on Mubble. Who? Eric. Eric. Eric, like he was talking. And we can't hear him. Mm-mm. We can't hear Eric. Well, maybe he's not talking to us. Oh, yeah, it's okay. Oh, he says he's talking to us. <laughs> I your, <laughs> your mumble is not muted, but your mic is muted probably on your laptop. You'll figure it out. Yeah, I was thinking to uh, get the ball rolling on that score, probably start off with what uh, one of the earliest topics was, what's the best distribution for new users, that kind of thing. And uh, I had an opinion that would not be, I guess, widely accepted. Hmm. And I was Arch. thinking, no, 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 no. I mean, Gentoo. Gentoo, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you if you want to run beta software forever, then sure. <laughs> Oh, he's calling you out. Oh, okay. Garuda. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down with the Garuda. Ah, okay. Girl. Ah, easy, right. easy art. How's that? Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yay. So I was saying, I am honestly had no idea what, and still really don't understand Hacker Public Radio. I didn't understand that it was as prolific and in terms of like volume and also duration. Um, the first I had really ever heard of it was for the holiday stream. Um, and I kept trying to tune in and there would be no one talking. And I couldn't tell if it was like a technical issue on my end because I could see people in uh, Mumble, but no activity. So I don't know if people were just like sitting there. Anyway, um, point being that I really have never even heard of it. But I did, I did join the, um, the group and saw the call for additional content. I'm kind of going through it now. Um, it's a, I think it's a neat idea. Just sort of have thoughts and publish things. And you're saying that it's all a technical bend, sort of. Although I'm seeing a lot of sort of mixed kind of stuff there. Yeah, I saw the hand, <laughs> the hand shake. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'll have to think about. Is there anything that I could contribute? Um, you should. Yeah, it's it, it's it's not necessarily technical. The idea is if it's uh, if it's into the interest of hackers. So there are some times where it's talking about food. Uh, there's a movie review uh, somebody tr- started. They did a couple uh, alcohol. Alcohol. Well, think, yeah, fifty uh, did a couple of uh, of alcohol reviews when he was around. Uh, Tony, book reviews. Uh, Tony, formerly of the Mintcast, um, had done some uh, stuff on his rebuilding of models. Model cars, oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Klaatu NYBL, does some gaming does a lot of guitar well. stuff. Yep. Klaatu <laughs> basically went through the entire uh, man page. Man page. Like all the man pages and explained like every single command. Was that on HBR or was that just... Uh, yeah, was that was that HBR. On, uh... Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. He did something similar on... Uh... Uh, it's not bad apples anymore. GNU GNU Public Radio. The New New World World Order, Order, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but uh, Hacker Public Radio was where, uh, the precursors to that was where I got into listening to podcasting. So, uh, around the times when, uh, uh, the Linux Link Tech Show started, uh, Mm. there was, I think, Mm. like 20 uh, years ago, 20 years ago. 
Binrev, and then there was something before that. Digital Dog uh, Pound. Bin, Digital Dog Pound. Binrev was binary, uh, a binary revolution. Um, um, what else? Uh, Infonomicon. Yeah, Infonomicon. Yeah, Infonomicon, yeah. And then uh, Twit. No, Twat. To, uh, a joke on Twit. So talk with uh, talk with the talk with the techie, Today uh, the techie. and then uh, the techie. and, and uh, I think all those had two hundred episodes, and then uh, uh, they changed the name from uh, Talk with the Techie because some people were offended by it because it was you know twat instead of twit, <laughs> twit and twat uh, um, became Hacker Public Radio. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, uh, it was very funny. Uh, uh, I thought. Um, not from the possibility of that being having sexual connotation, but just a twit and twat. There's uh, well, and, and well, twat as a general sort of uh, not, I guess, curse word, but more of a directed at a person in the UK. Like it's a very common term. Like it's not even. I mean, it's not a nice term, but at the same time, how did Joe end up in this conversation? <laughs> what? Because we're saying twat? Well, that's how he got fired. Who? No, he said, he said the C word. Oh, yeah. He yeah. said, right, the C word. But it was still the same idea that, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal where he's from. For him, it, correct. For him. Correct. And then yeah. it was a big deal here. And so, despite the misunderstanding, he, he, he just got let go. I know, but it's one of those things that I think people were looking for excuses because they didn't like him, frankly. Um and what did also, he, say? He, he was joking around, <laughs> he was with, somebody, joking around with somebody. See you next he, Tuesday. And he, yeah, and he said exactly. See you next Tuesday. And it was just like. But what was the word that he said though? You know what he said, <laughs> Joe. What did he say? <clears throat> Joe, what did he say? I can't hear you. What did he say? I, uh, I, I can't hear you. What did, <laughs> you, what, what did you say? <laughs> That's what I'm asking. What did he say? What was the word that he said? I, I'm not sure. I don't speak English. Come on. Can you not tell? <laughs> All he has to do is say it. It. <sighs> Done. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I just, I always saw that as like being a, an excuse. Like, in that, it, not just him, but any type of person who's in that position, if they do the slightest, you know. Oh, okay. They did completely get rid of Jupiter Broadcasting from, from that company. Yeah. And some of the things that I heard about it as well is, um, it was all just rumor, people chatting around. But remember the um, the lady that was on the show at the time? Hell, yeah, I met her. Yeah, I I heard, and again, all rumor that she was one of the ones that was um, a little more offended about it. But the guys were not as you know, they're like this is Joe, sort of like they defended him, but and they made him go through some sort of um, what did they call it? Uh, Sensitivity it, training. Yes. Yeah. They made him go through all of that and they still ended up letting him go afterward. Cause I guess she wouldn't let it go. Oh, so then she was. Yeah. Well, you, <laughs> met, you, you met L, didn't, didn't you, Minix? <laughs> Danny? Yeah. At the Texas uh, Linux Fest. Yeah. I didn't know she was a cunt though. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. I thought she, she seemed pretty nice. Yeah, she did. I enjoyed so, it. I did. I enjoyed so talking we don't Who? know. We don't I guess this. Sorry, L. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Did I meet her? Uh, yeah, I was she there, was there right? with the you... at the Jupiter uh, Broadcasting booth. I yeah, mean, we met most of the people from there. You did, Mordency. I'm almost positive. 
spent like an hour talking about books with her and audio books. But Scotty said that was just rumor. No, nothing set in stone. And to be fair, there could have been some sort of personal exchange between them, and who knows? Yeah. That's complicated. Well, but honestly, it, I think it, the end result is that Joe's probably happier doing what he's doing now. Yeah, it worked out for the best for Joe. I think that uh, yeah. him breaking out and doing his own thing turned out to be very good. I think the quality of the programming is much higher than it ever was at Jupiter, in my personal opinion. The the people he has on his podcasts, I feel, are, are much more authoritative and, um, I don't know, knowledgeable. The two and a half admins is a, is pretty good. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. You know what I miss though? I miss, uh, the new show. They, they ran it for just a few, um, episodes and then they let it go. It was called the new show. I don't know if I was listening for that. I pay the, uh, 10 bucks a month to get commercial free. Just because I like the content. I listen to it religiously, like every everything they put out. So it's just what I like to listen to in the car. I listen to other stuff, but I prefer to participate. Like, I'll listen. I started listening today and Lugbot's jokes on the last one, <laughs> which were very entertaining. The Santa Claus one, why is his sack so big? That was... <laughs> now, now, what do you think about me splitting stuff up like that? Do you think that makes more sense? Because a lot of people don't want to listen or watch a three and a half hour podcast, yeah. you know, or however long it makes. So what I what I've been doing is, well, I don't know if you watch it on YouTube, but what I did on YouTube and PeerTube was split it up by sec by whatever subject was, and mm -hmm. put up clips, and then I would put the entire show up too, just in case. Gotcha. I wouldn't watch that, but I it seems the, like that helped. If it's a podcast, I will listen to the whole thing in pieces. Because mm -hmm. I tend to anyway, unless I'm in the car for, you know, an hour or two at the time, I will listen to bits and pieces. But um, video, yeah, I think video is hard to sit and watch a video for that long. So uh, so I think that makes sense. Um, and I, I'm sure you're aware, but like Mintcast, when we record, we do two episodes worth of content at the same time. So it ends up being like a two or three hour recording session. What's Mintcast? Every other week. No, what this, is it? It's this, it's this little podcast you probably never ever heard of. I haven't heard of it. Uh, yeah. There's this guy, Joe, and yeah, these. Joe? Yeah. You mean our Joe? Is that another podcast? He is. He is. Oh, he's a traitor. He's on a bunch. The only one I haven't followed him to is the Linux Link Tech Show. <laughs> you don't want to. Actually, I heard it's pretty good. Actually, now, I heard it's Yeah, it's, it's the yeah, Joel, you got the Joel, Joel you know, on you got there. The Joel podcast? Yeah, Joel he has, he's not taking over as much. Uh, I mean, last show we had Paige on, which is um, Dan's kid, and she was talking about um, like artistry on uh, tablets using Manjaro. She's making a, a web comic. Didn't you say Dave Yates has been on there too? Lately? Dave Yates has been on recently, quite mm. a bit. Like he hasn't missed a show in a while. And uh, is Pat? And no, Pat's not there right now. Are he? I haven't seen Pat in a while. What about Rich? Or, or well, he stops by every now and again, but he rarely stays for a whole show. Are him and Dora still doing their show? I have no idea. Mm. I quit listening to Dora a long time ago. He had some interesting things to say about the people that were doing Mintcast. Yeah, I know. And, 
And I didn't necessarily take offense. He's entitled to his opinion. It's just I'm not going to listen to it. Well, Honky says you should because uh, you need to separate the art from the artist. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and that all of us people are evil. <laughs> there is that. Yeah. <laughs> Eat the rich. That's right. Uh <clears throat> I, I like how you put that as the title of that uh, that podcast on uh, YouTube too. <laughs> but we can talk like that without screaming and yelling at each other. I remember listening to the tilts before when they would get into it, especially about politics and crap. And I just yeah, like, it got nasty a couple times. I mean, I just I, I would just shut up. Yeah. When they started doing that, and I just would let them go at it, and they'd be saying things I especially didn't agree with, and that they knew I didn't agree with, and they just keep at it. It's just I don't know. I don't. I, I don't think that makes for some people like that to listen to that kind of drama and stuff. But to me, it's like ah, uh, I can't stand it. Stresses me out. That's what Scotty's saying. We need on uh, HBR, right? Yeah, no, but we need well, a, no. uh, controversy. Well, not not the political controversy because that that is a uh, a little too rough. I think that scares people away. Might yeah. even bring in the wrong crowd after a, after a while, you know. Yeah, they might bring in Brian Lunduk or somebody like that. <laughs> <laughs> it only upsets the people that are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's that's a perfect comeback. You wouldn't be upset uh, if you weren't wrong. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, I was on way, I was on the show live on Tilts when the the 2016 uh, debates were going on, oh and Rich oh and Joel God. and Dan and uh, were just. Rich and, Joel, so heated. Real, they were Rich and Joel and Pat were talking about it, and they were going on and on and on, and then Dan got on. Dan got pissed at the stuff that they were talking, and and, and he, he asked me, has this been going on the whole time I wasn't there? And, and, and all I could say was, yeah. Well, and before that happened, he brought it up a few times not to be doing that. So I think he finally just reached his breaking point. Um, well, like you said, enough. it's it's stressful, you know. Even yeah, if it's, it's not even fun. if it's yeah, no. And I think a lot of us just this is a this is a way to unwind. Yeah, I like having just, fun with my friends and talking yeah, and stuff. Exactly. And there's lots of serious issues in the world that have their place, uh, but I don't think these kind of shows. I mean, you're never going to do it justice anyway. Even if you have a strong opinion and you feel like you have something to say, like. You're not going to convince the other person. <laughs> not ever. here. Not no. by screaming at them for one thing. No, no. And besides, we all know that stuff belongs on Reddit, anyways. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or B or 4chan. Well, well I was going <laughs> to yeah. say. Uh, speaking of Brian Lunduk, somebody posted something on Macedon from his page, and then there was like a hundred comments tearing this guy a new a-hole saying why would you post a nazi on here don't you know he's a straight-up nazi and i was like you know i haven't read any of lunduk's stuff in a while but is he a literal nazi like does he wear an ss uniform and and have a tiny must wear mustache and stuff or is he just like conservative now or something i I don't People know. People are so hyperbolic. It's been years since I've listened to, it. but I used to like his articles and stuff. You know, he, it, it's they're so hyperbolic. I mean, 
And the problem with someone like Lunduke is that he is polarizing. He always was, even when it wasn't about politics or anything like you either okay. thought he was funny and got his humor or you thought he was an asshole. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, th- at least I thought I there felt. was a little hyperbole there. Cause I was like, Did I oh, miss something? he's not a Nazi. Come Did on. Did he join the SS while I was away? <laughs> <laughs> no. So goofy. Yeah, they, everybody. I mean, I felt sorry for the guy that posted it. He, he was like, "Get it!" And it was just a. Te- it was he was just talking about technical stuff, but he happened to link to one of Brian's articles, and it's just like, oh, people couldn't couldn't take it. They were ripping their hair out, and you know, you bring up a really interesting point though, and it's something that I've been chewing on for a, a couple months now, where I keep hearing people that are so happy about Mastodon and so happy about, you know, this alternative and how it's separate and how you can federate, but you can choose who you keep and who you block. And I'm thinking, doesn't that just lead to a bigger echo chamber? Like if everything leads to an echo chamber. Yeah. Yeah. But that's fine. If you're going to (laughs) use, if you're going to use Fediverse, anything, if you're going to use Fediverse, anything. Yeah. I recommend you, like Mastodon or Lemmy or something or like Lemmy that. Or something. Find the most like I don't know in, the instance where the where the admin doesn't want anything to do with anything, or run your own one of the two because everybody wants to defederate everybody in the Fediverse now because oh these people they like to play Harry Potter and these people they like to do whatever you know it's just like okay defederated we're blocking you. But it sucks because what about all your users that still are interact want to interact with those people and now they can't because uh, you get your feelings hurt or, yep. or, or, or some imaginary uh, thing happened to you that you took too seriously. And so that is that you're right. That is definitely a negative about that aspect. So, yeah. but I'll take that any day over Facebook. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, I was just I spent about 2 hours today wallowing in the shitification concept if you've heard of that where basically this author has you know described the concept of shitification and how it's these stages of a company uh ingratiating themselves to users. Corey the, yeah, exactly with the network effect and getting everybody to come in and making lives of users great with all of these tools and all of this stuff. And then, uh, then they t- treat the businesses better to try to get all of them to come in and advertise to the users that they swore they'd never spy on. And then they basically start screwing them both over. And, you know, it, it it's just this fascinating sort of description of, cause you know, there's times where I think back to using Amazon, you know, 10 years ago, Uh, or using any of these services 10 years ago. And it's like, you know, they actually had something interesting happening or, you know, maybe it was that there were the right people on the platforms or Amazon. I can go and search and find something I was, I actually wanted to, you know, buy. And, and now like I use any of these services and I'm just thinking, why does everything suck? Like, why is it all so bad? Why can't I actually find what I'm looking for? Why is all this garbage being presented to me all the time? Because then you'll, you'll spend more time looking. I guess. I mean, if they would just give me what I want to buy, I would be more inclined to just buy it instead of getting frustrated and (laughs) throwing my hands up. But, uh, so anyway, that kind of led me to the whole, you know, concept of enshittification and like why everything sucks that and i guess i'm just a grumpy old man now <laughs> mm-hmm. i know Get that's my question. 
Go for I, it. I know I've asked this question before, but does it does anybody know of a good um, search engine that actually gets things that they can actually use? I've been so using DuckDuckGo for years. Um, one of the so reasons I is, like DuckDuckGo is uh, it you they have these things called bangs, which are essentially uh, you put an exclamation point and then uh, abbreviation of some sort. And it stands for something. Like if I want to search Reddit specifically, I can do bang Reddit, uh, exclamation Reddit space, and then the search term that I'm looking for. It's basically the same as doing site colon whatever the site is, and then whatever you know whatever your search was back in the day. I don't know if you guys ever used that technique or not. It's essentially the same thing. It's just a shortcut for that. And I found that like I use it a lot because there are times when I know I want to search YouTube, or I know I want to search Reddit, or I know I want to search a specific thing and that just leads me right to it and it's faster than going to the site and waiting for it to load getting to their search blah 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 like it just takes me to the uh, the search results basically and and then i just find that the results that i get are not polluted with a bunch of advertising they're not polluted with a lot of seo garbage like it just seems to be a more organic result that it's it fe- almost feels like google used to be um <clears throat> And it's funny because if I use Google for the same query, I get a, uh, often get a different result and uh, and find it to be kind of frustrating. So I start with DuckDuckGo. If I don't find what I'm looking for, then I will use something like StartPage, which is you know Google's index. Um, it's not perfect though. You know, there's still times where it blows my mind. I search for something. I'm like, why can't I'm such a hard time finding this? You know. Um, now, what's your but, feeling? Yeah. What there was a couple of years back where um, DuckDuckGo decided that they weren't, didn't they block some uh, some searches? They uh, yeah, they did do that. They they got in trouble for doing that. Well, what was not the searches again? Um, it was something that they didn't like. Yeah, I, I can't remember, yeah. but I do re- I do remember that happening. They were supposedly accused of censorship. Right. Oh. <laughs> I know what it was. It was pirate sites and stuff like that. Um, that what it was? Yes, it was. Uh, uh, I can't remember the sites, but it was like torrent sites and Pirate Bay stuff like that. Some, something like that. Yeah. yeah, and some anime sites as well. The ones that uh, basically just repost a bunch of stuff from the other uh, paid sites. So mm-hmm. like, uh, there was was it Anime Nine was one. Um. There's a, a kiss anime was another one, hmm. and a few others that got pulled aside. I I don't remember that, but I mean, I don't know. I, I guess it, I don't know if if you find that to be objectionable to the point where you wouldn't use it. Like I I don't ever seem to have problems finding what I'm looking for, but maybe I'm looking for specific like a lot of answers for technical stuff. Uh, you know, they tend to promote. Um, stack overflow or like, you know, um, you know, it seems like pretty high quality content for the stuff I'm looking for. And especially like Linux related, open source related server technologies. And I mean, uh, yeah, I tend to do pretty well with all that stuff. Check out but, my instance of uh, CRX and G hunky. See what you think. I put the link in the mumble and you can set the, it's just a meta search engine. But it, all the other search engines are on the back end connected to them. But it, there's no tracking because it, it goes through the CRX and G uh, front end. 
Yeah, I heard about uh, Cirques a while back. I thought it was pretty cool because you can uh, run it yourself. And when I saw you just posted it in there, I was like, let me go ahead and put that in my bookmark. Yeah, yeah, you are welcome to use it. It's uh, I'm hosting it via Doctor Docker, but uh, you, you can change the preferences to use whatever search engines you want and or customize <laughs> it however you like. I searched for dongs, and the first result is dongs, guns, ammo, and reloading. <laughs> dongs. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a, I'm a five year old at heart. I had to search for something gross. Hey, did you ever um, grab that book I mentioned? It's at the library. I'm gonna get it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple books I've got on hold. I just have to go grab them. It looks entertaining. <laughs> it is. That was about the shitty jobs or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was kind of depressing because it reminds me of my own job. Did, <laughs> so you, did read you read it? it? No, I didn't read it. I don't want to read it. You don't want to read it? I don't want to be depressed. You won't be. You won't <laughs> be. I, I prob- It might give you new insight into your job. Mm-hmm. And, and the concept of make work and not feeling bad about not having anything to do at work. I always felt bad. People because... experience that? Because... Hmm? People experience that? Yes. <laughs> My wife has always done, uh, not not always, but she's done design. And she started doing, like, uh, sign design. We lived outside of Atlantic City, so she would do a lot of casino signage or building signs and just um, banks and just a lot of, like, physical stuff that she would have designed that we'd be driving around. She'd go, oh, yeah, I designed that or I designed that. And... It occurred to me like nothing I've ever done professionally has ever been tangible like that. Everything's just been code or fixing something or setting something up or like, but it's all just nothing, nothing. <laughs> you know. I made GPS you know? maps rotate. There you go. Nice, nice, nice. I was told to remove it. <laughs> was it making people dizzy? <laughs> it it uh. It uh, made people at the mapping company upset because the top wow. of the map is always north. And I said, I'm not removing it. <laughs> I guess it depends on which way you're standing. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff I like, though. I don't like being out in the in the front, you know, uh, where everyone can sort of see and acknowledge what I'm doing. I like to kind of work in the background where I don't really have to deal with people for the most part. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I'm agoraphobic as it gets, man. I, I literally leave my house to go to medical appointments <laughs> and, like, pick up prescriptions, and that's it, man. I don't go anywhere. Visit family, you know? Yeah, because I can imagine, like, when you mention your wife designing the uh, the artwork that, that gets posted up for banks and things of that nature, I can imagine being in a meeting where people are sort of describing what they want and you having to explain how, you know, your idea sounds great, but really what you want is this, and then kind of working along until you get to a final product. And I can't, I just can't. (laughs) Well, anywhere in the working with software, working with hardware, you're dealing with people sooner or later. Well, yeah, and yeah, but I like dealing with the same people. (laughs) (laughs) Dealing with new people is where the problem is going to happen. Yeah. Well, you know, I've come to realize that most of the work that I was good at, whether I enjoyed interacting with people or not, um, I've never quite understood why people respond to me. 
because I've, I mean, I'm an only child. I've spent a large portion of my life in complete silence and perfectly happy about it. And, uh, but I would go and they, they stuck me at trade shows. Like I would be at a trade show talking to hundreds of people. I'd be on, I'd give presentations. Like these things are so contrary to my nature. Um, but I have this ability, I guess, to, to turn that on and, and do it when I need to. And I've never understood why people are as accepting of it as they are. Cause um, I feel good. No, it's sorry. I'm trying out a new soundboard. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I thought he was interrupting. <laughs> no. uh, they make one for Linux. I finally found. So gotcha. But, Go but I think what I've figured out is that especially for, I don't, I feel like the value that I was bringing was less about just being able to, you know, understand the technology and, and adapt it. Like it was about talking to the people and like how they used it and how being I had able to, to explain it to them in a yeah. way that they could understand. I had to help them and appreciate one of the, one of my favorite things. And I, it was still small groups of people and that, that I appreciated, but I would go, I, I worked in healthcare. So I would go to hospitals and I would, try to help them understand how to use technology to, to just do things more easily, right? Medical records and patient registration. There's all, all this sort of administrative stuff. And I would go in and I would map out their current processes and, and like in excruciating detail, uh, like flow chart style. And I would sit and talk with someone and just say, well, why do you do this? And it was so frequent. The answer was, well, Always been Either done they, that way. Always been that done that way, or they never had an answer. It was just like, well, yeah, Joe's right. It's always been done that way, and it's like, well, <clears throat> it doesn't always have to be done that way. Um, <clears throat> go ahead, Nemo. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's good. It works. Um, but yeah, I I think what I figured out was eventually that my real value was being able to uh, help people as reluctant as I might have been to do it. So but I don't disagree with you. I, I'm I'm not an extrovert by any stretch of the imagination and I was always uncomfortable uh doing it, but they paid me. <laughs> so I did it. Well that's the rub. Whenever whenever they find out you're good at something, then they'll pay you to sort mm -hmm. of force you in to keep doing it because they they understand like, hey, you want to live, don't you? Well, like they well, pay you money. extra for it. They, <laughs> they they just say, oh, this is your job now. Yep. Well, yeah, my, that's yeah, that sounds about right. My boss did that to me. He he totally pushed me into doing something I didn't want to do, and he had for a period of like two or three years, every year he had come to me. And said, you know, we really want you to do it was it was uh, product management, so managing the development team and the product direction and um, very political job, uh, something I couldn't stand. And I just kept saying, like, it's not my personality. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And they're like, finally, he was like pigeonholed me. He's like, well, there's nowhere left for you to be. Uh, you know, you have you you basically are the product specialist, and you have to do this you know it's the only place left for you you know <laughs> right so they pushed me into it and i did it and i did it well enough that everybody was happy with it but i was i hated it the last four or five years i was at my career job like i was pretty unhappy and uh and it was you know and the son of a bitch he got me to do the job like forced me into it and then left 
went to a competitor and I was like, you bastard. You know, how, me with you. how dare you do this to me? But uh, it was my own fault. I should have just said, no, no, thanks. I'm going. Because so what happened was I lost my tech skills. They put me in a management position and all I did all day long was sit on phone calls and vi- talk to customers and all the shit that you would probably hate doing. Yes. And, oh, my. You know, and, and I had to do that. In the meantime, I didn't touch a server. I didn't touch, you know, code. I didn't do anything for years. And so by the time I got sick, so sick of doing that and wanted to move back to doing what I used to do, it wasn't like there was no way to get back, but I felt like I was so far removed. Like, and that was the big, the period of the big transition between virtualization and containerization. Like, and I sort of, that the, where DevOps became a thing, you know, and I, I would have loved to have been DevOps. Like that would have been my happy place. Just being the liaison between, you know, development and infrastructure and all that stuff. Cause that's where I was happiest for a long time. And yep. And then by the time I was, I was so close to being ready to just say, you know, fuck you. I'm, I'm doing something else. And I got sick. That was it. So can't work 65 hours and 70 hours a week anymore. Oh, well. Yeah, Next life. Start the show. All right, back to Linux. Back to Linux. <laughs> when do we ever talk about Linux? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we're supposed to be doing? Yeah. Well, someone said Arch earlier, well, right? Someone said Arch. <laughs> Astro Glide? Yeah. And, and that miner started with uh, his MX Linux on, the new, on another pod. Oh, really? All right. We'll look at that when we get to the show part. All right, let me mark down the time. Oh my god, it's Hacker Public Radio! Hacker Public Radio is a daily podcast by the hacker community for the hacker community. If you're interested in technology, creative thinking, hacking, Linux, or any kind of computer, that kind of stuff, you should listen to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.com. The Linux Link Tech Show. Tune in to the world's longest-running Linux podcast live every Wednesday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Find us on the web at www.twlts.org or email us at techshow at thelinuxlink.net. IRC server, thelinuxlink.net, pound tech show. Join Pat, Alan, Link, and Joel. And don't forget the two Dan's. They are so hot. I know, because I've kissed them both. And Flying Rich, he's a bloody drunk If you don't like a guest, you can get up your ass. Ain't no funny daddies that'll get back.